Because <laughs> this is probably good what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, that, that concept of like con- those things, emotions and imagination, once you actually con- consecrate them and make them holy yeah. to the Lord and give them to the Lord, then he can actually use them. And I would have never thought that about imagination because I just would have mm-hmm. always thought I'm daydreaming or something. Yeah. But, but then to, to find out now that that's a lot of the way God actually speaks to me or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't know. That's been kind of liberating for me. Mm-hmm. But I definitely want to grow in that. And like you said, it's always good to see your need for growth because if you don't see that, then you're stuck. Yeah, and yeah, like and you know, for Alcoholics Anonymous to for, or whatever the rehab programs, the first step is to know you have a problem. Yeah, and some people don't admit they have a problem, so they can't really grow. Oh, you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's like it's our hunger and our thirst. That takes us into higher levels, you know? Yeah. Like, it's you're blessed to realize... Oh, blessed are those that are poor in spirit, you know? Yeah. Because you're realizing your, your poverty, you know? There are people that are poor in spirit that are walking in miracles and stuff, you know? Because they're realizing there's more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, um... But I do... I have seen that also where... Like, I think they might be here. Where, um, you... People seem to move too quick. Yeah, and it's like, hey, I want you have the freedom to grow, but you're still growing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Be affirmed, but don't don't be like confirmed. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Yeah, this is uh Jason's sister's office. Oh. Yeah, I'm back here. I'm back here. I hear Jason. There's coffee if you'd like some. Oh, no, I'm not a coffeeer. Hi, buddy. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just coming from prayer center. <laughs> good to see you. You too. You can have a seat wherever you want. We're okay, just ducky, recording on my phone. and. Um, I'm eager to hear what the Lord's saying. I, we're just going with the flow. That's the best way. We were actually getting ready to... It had to. We had to cut the recording like twice. Well, once there was a phone call and it cut off, and then uh, we did it again. But we were getting ready to pray actually right before you called. So well, I'm honored I'm that you welcomed me to come. So yeah, thanks. I'm glad you're here. This will be fun. Then yeah. Get more people in on the conversation. But uh, yeah. So the cup almost matches your shirt, honey. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I can pray. Or do you want to pray? Or? Uh, Eric, do you want to pray? Um, I guess I'll, I'll open and you can close. I guess. Okay. Well. Right. Right. And if you want to, if you want to pray anything after I'm done, you can. And then he'll yeah. he'll, he'll pray after just, you're done. Um, Father God, we just lift up tonight too. Lord, we thank you for uh, leading Jason to start this podcast. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have um, been using it already and spreading it already. You've been giving Jason a grace and a, a desire to do this, Father God. And so we uh, we don't take tonight lightly, Lord, because we, we don't know who might be on the other end of Jason's phone, Father God, and what they might be needing to hear. Lord, and so we just welcome you in this place to be sitting at the fourth edge of this table. Father, we just pray that you would even speak through us. Lord God, that um, whatever needs to be said would be done. We ask you right now for a word of wisdom. Thank you, yes. We thank you for a word of wisdom and a, a spirit of revelation to, to 
to be upon us, God, that we may see. Open our eyes that we may see. So we thank you for word of wisdom. Come before you with expectancy tonight. Come before you with reverence. And we come before you with gratitude. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. So we give you all glory and all praise and all honor. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I just thank you for um, giving us the opportunity to come here. I thank you for being, uh, for the privilege of being here with Mike and Erica. Um, that we're all here to um, glean off of one another. And uh, we think, like like Mike said, we just thank you for your wisdom. Uh, just a more an abundance of wisdom. I thank you for a hunger that each one of us has, that you give us more of a hunger um, to just seek more of you, to grow more in you, to desire you more, um, to desire your truth. I thank you for everything that you've put inside each one of our hearts, Lord, that we can... Um, bring different things to one another that we all see things differently um as you lead us but where there's always there's only one truth but that uh that um we just are able to to help help each other glean and um see new things um that that you've been showing each one of us and we just thank you for that father we i just ask that you increase in every one of us um that you um manifest your holy spirit in this place um that um you just help us each, each all to grow in you more and uh, just come in more of your fullness and uh, speak the right things tonight, Father, that, um, like Mike said, we don't know who's on the other end of this and that um, it'll just be a blessing to, to all those who are hearing and listening. We just thank you for that, Holy Spirit. And all, all blessing and all glory, um, all glory to you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Cool. Hallelujah. Alright. So, what's been what's been going on with you, Erica? What's on your heart? Is God showing you anything new, or? Um. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yes, I'm kind of honored. Yes. <laughs> Excited. Just. Like, uh, like I was telling Brother Emmanuel on the way up here, I'm just excited that, you know, with the Lord, it's um, it's never stale bread. It's always fresh manna. He never does the same thing twice. He never does things as we think he's going to do them. He does them exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think or dream or even in our wildest dreams imagine. And it's always new. It's always exciting. We can read the same verse 500 times, and every single time he's saying something else. His word is, is alive. It's literally God-breathed. It's God-breathing. Yeah. I, I can't. I, that's one thing that's always, ever since I came back to God, that I just... I love most of all it's just his word and which is really strange to me because I hated reading growing up I could, I could not read anything you guys my mom I, I hated it it was the thing I fan I hated the most the only thing I ever read was Calvin and Hobbes but then as soon as I started coming back to God I just cannot get enough of his word and then the times where 
I mean, there have been times where I don't feel like reading at all, and then I get super frustrated that I'm not hungering for his word, and it makes me mad that I'm not hungry for it. And, but that's just, I feel like personally that's where I spend most, get most of my fellowship with him, is reading his word with him. But like you said, it's, it's living every time. It's new, and then even when it's not, it feels like it's dull or dry. Or there have been times where you just feel like I'm reading pages, but then like two days later it'll come up what I read the two yeah. days before or something yeah it's it's exactly. never not profited me ever mm-hmm. like even the times it's felt like a drag it's like yeah like two days later it's like I'll quicken it or something yeah, yeah. when um when I was in high school I was just radically evangelizing everybody couldn't stop and I was talking to somebody and they were asking me a question and we were talking about God and the Word and I was like, Lord, what should I share with them? What should I share with them? And I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me, you haven't read the scripture that they need to hear. Oh. Oh. I was like, wow. <laughs> so I was just kind of blank, like, sorry, dude, sucks to be you. You know, like, I didn't really didn't have anything. I had nothing to bring to the table at that point, you know? Yeah. It says, um, I have written your word upon my heart that I would not sin against you. Yeah, I read that verse today. Yeah, that's cool. Psalm yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so so we're writing God's word upon our heart, but um, so I think the logos and the rhema get mixed up. So logos means the written word of God, but rhema is like the spoken live fresh word of God. Mm -hmm. And so I think of the Bible as like Webster's Dictionary. And so like, let's say, you know, so I speak English, so... In order, like, in order for me to talk to you, uh, you have to read the Webster's Dictionary first, or maybe half of it, <laughs> you know, because I don't, I, don't, I don't know the Webster's Dictionary either, but, like, if you read the Webster's Dictionary and you know what the words mean, then when I'm talking to you, I'm speaking through English, yeah. and you, you know what I'm saying, right, yeah. and, and stuff, and so, but without, but re- you can read Webster's Dictionary, and, but not know, but not know me. Yeah. You know, and there's there are savants that can quote the Bible, but they're not saved. Yeah, you know, they can also quote phone books and things like that. But there's uh, there's a, a rich and aliveness in the Bible because there's um, something about it. But at the same time, we're you know we're we're learning those those verses and the vocabulary because because God, God is speaking through it. It literally is like his. So I think of the Bible as the vocabulary of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his vocabulary. It's his nature it's, yeah, it's, it's so much of it and man I I'm just gonna say this and I don't know I, I can get proved I'll probably get proved wrong at some <laughs> point but at, at least for me I don't think I mean every question I've ever had I found in the Bible and it yeah. completely blows my mind like it doesn't matter what it's about it's like I can find it in God's word if I, it's just a random question I'll be like I'll be reading and I think it's that aspect though of reading it with his the Holy Spirit, yeah, and actually reading it with the teacher, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't matter what question I have, I've found it in the Bible. Like yeah. it answers everything. It really does. Like it, it could be the silliest thing. I mean, or, or about animals or something, mm-hmm. and that I don't know. It's just yeah. It I, I and I truly believe that if you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit with the teacher. It'll answer every every single question you have about yeah. life, about whatever. Even, it's so true. Yeah, just some nonchalant question. Like, I don't know. It seems it's always there. I don't know. But I think it has to be that way too, because if it's to me, it's the this is the only thing that's true at all. 
Like, this is the only thing I can stand on as a rock, as a foundation. So if it's not that way, if I can't find it in here, then I don't care if it's in a history book. Like, it's probably true it's in a history book, but I don't know. I mean, this I don't feel... People can say that the Bible is... Like, man's put his own Mm -hmm. twist on it or whatever, but I don't... I truly... Like, I don't personally believe that. I just believe that God cares enough about his word to... To preserve it. Yeah, it says that. It says God has preserved his word for all generations. Yeah. Where's that? uh, It's hard hard to find when you search for it because the verse prior refers to his word. Okay, And the other verse refers to all generations, so you can't get it. But it's, yeah, Yeah, God has preserved his... I I found it before. Yeah. Um, But yeah, God has preserved his word for all generations. And so the, the amazingness of how, like... One Bible is a copy of a copy of a copy over here, and then another Bible is like written like centuries later and found on the other side of the earth. And then when you bring them together, they're word for word the same. Yeah, because yeah. they, they had a fear that if they changed one word, then all the plagues would be added to uh, all the plagues of the Bible would be added <laughs> yeah. to their life, you know, or yeah. or they would go to hell. They would take one word away, you know. And yeah. Stuff. And so it's really cool, God preserving His word, you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not not one jot or tittle of the word will fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never fail. And that makes sense because Jesus is the word made flesh. So, like, Jesus is the word. He's the living word. Yeah. So it can't be burnt. It can't be stomped out. It can't be squelched and stifled. Yeah. He is the living word. And that's what he says to worship me in spirit and in truth. He's like... He was saying to the woman at the well, you're not getting it. It's not about worshiping me here or worshiping here. It's it, there. The day is coming where you'll worship me in spirit and in truth. Because Holy Spirit and truth is his word. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. priceless. Like Michael was saying throughout the ages. It yeah. can't. His heaven and earth will pass away. But my words never will. Like So I think about, it used to bother me, um, thinking about like the persecuted church. And the times that we could possibly be coming into, where they'll burn Bibles, well, they'll, they'll, this will be illegal, you know. Mm. And we have that's to think a, about the reality of that. That's the scariest part to me. For some reason, like her saying that, is the scariest part of persecution to me. The thought of someone burning my Bible, like I would rather, <laughs> them, I would literally rather than pluck my eyes out or something, like, I, yeah. I, or me, take a knife and just start carving, carving me up, than the thought of somebody being without God's word like mm-hmm. that's more scary to me than yeah dude I had this I idea <laughs> of taking like a bunch of random photos like paparazzi photos whatever and printing up like a, a Dean magazine but printing like Bible in it so like oh, yeah. the words it's still a Bible but it's got these just random photos that don't make sense yeah because like seeing if you're going to a persecuted country and you have a stack of teen mania magazines or whatever I, I, I like how crazy would it be for like the guard, the guard at the airport to open it up like, wait a minute, this sounds a lot like Romans chapter 7 here. Yeah. You know, because they don't know what the Bible says, they yeah, just know yeah. the Bible's bad, so don't label it a Bible. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, so I just print other, you know, like, I love it. Yeah, like a science textbook. That's and and amazing. the only person that would know it is the Bible would be the guard that does a little wink and then hands it to you and lets you keep going through <laughs> yeah, the gate. Yeah, know? that's true. Yeah. So it'd be like, actually, holy Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's actually is red. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. 
I think you may have told me that before. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know. I was just thinking differently. <laughs> That's brilliant, babe. So we'll have to do that here when persecution starts happening. Hide it Smuggle in, them. Hide it yeah. in dirty magazines. <laughs> <laughs> you want a dirty magazine? We'll get you all cleaned up from the inside out. <laughs> yeah, I have like, like cars on it or something. But the, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Getting back to that, just the value, like you said, the value is where it was just, man, I don't know. I mean, isn't that encouraging to think about? Like, it can't be burnt. It's like, this is literally just a book. Yeah. But the word is like John, um, the first chapter in John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah. So this, the word is God. That's why he said it's God breathed. Yeah. That's why his words cannot return void. It's his breath. Yeah. His word, his breath cannot be stopped. Yeah. He is the almighty God. Like period. Yeah. Done deal. Final answer. That, that, that gives me encouragement. Cause I like, I, I don't want to go on a rabbit trail, but I really, I really had a, a strong burden and a strong passion for a long time, even before I got really born again of, um, the persecuted church and really like just what they endure for the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about, you know, those that are willing to stomp on the Bible because you know, they're threatening their family members or something. And so, like, rightly so, but that's why he's saying you've got to worship me in spirit and in truth. Like, if we continue to just live in this, when times of persecutions come, you're gonna fall. Absolutely. Because you're not living by the spirit of God. If you are bathing yourself in this, if you're bathing yourself in his presence, then when the time comes, just like the parable of the... the um, the house built on the sand versus the rock. When the time comes, the foundation is set and it's solid and you oh, yeah. will not be shaken. Like, doesn't matter what happens to the external, the foundation is solid. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of feel like an urgency. Like now, there, it's almost like a calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. That like, this is a time to really get it right, y'all. This is a time to really prepare our hearts. This is a time to really dig in and really like mm-hmm. enjoy the freedom that we have while we have it. Yeah. And really like begin to embrace the true body of Christ and begin to pray for God to soften hearts and to um, make a way where there is no way. You know, like it's it's a, it's a time of preparation. I'm really sensing that, that there's like something coming and it's bigger than it's ever been before. To the, to the United States is what you're thinking? To or the, well, to, to the world the period. World. Yeah. Okay. But so like, I know it sounds silly, but that's why Star Wars is very, very like powerful to me because it's, it is, it's just so much the message. It's the light versus the dark. Yeah. Like we, we can look politics and we can look at all these different you know things going on in the world and government and blah, blah 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 and it's all true but what it is if you look at the root it's the light versus the dark okay. it's the same as it's been in the beginning it's the same exact battle yeah and so like he's won he's already won but it's the point of god testing his people who really loves me 
who's really going to endure to the end? Mm -hmm. Who really wants me or just wants what I give? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel along the same page. I don't vocalize it very often because it's not a popular idea. Mm -hmm. I know how people seem to get upset when I say that. That I feel like, I mean, I felt for a while that I think persecution's coming. Like, more so than it is. I mean, people will say that persecution's already here. And I get that it is, like, verbal persecution, stuff like that. But I don't know. I feel like there's maybe, and maybe it won't be in my lifetime, but I feel like there's, even in the United States, it's probably going to, at some point, I think it's going to get, like blo get bloody. <laughs> Yeah, it, like there's a shaking, you know, it's like, you know, in Revelation where he talks about the sifting of the wheat versus the shaft, where he comes and he takes his sickle to reap the harvest. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just feel like the urgency of like, prepare the way, you know, like John the Baptist, prepare the way because he's coming, like get your, get your house in order because yeah, the yeah. king's coming. And what you said just like really fascinates me. I don't know that. I actually posted on something on Facebook a while back, and I just said, it was kind of about that same thing, that he puts a sickle in, and uh, I said, consider the king's mowing. Like, really consider it. Consider what that phrase means. And I don't know if you just meant it that way or not, but the that persecution separates the wheat from the tares. You said that. Um, I think everybody knows that when it comes down to that. Like, yeah. what really makes you decide your faith is when mm -hmm. you... Yeah, your feet are put to the fire type thing but the king's mowing um, yeah when you think about someone putting the sickle to the grain what's the king's oh like the king mowing the I don't know it's just a, it, it, it might not be mowing is that you mean like mowing the lawn yeah like, yeah okay, mowing, oh, gotcha. it, it's this phrase that just stuck out in my head and it's probably I don't know if it's in I read New King James I don't know it might yeah. be King James but it's in Amos uh so one of the chapters, I'll just look at it really quick. Um, hey, let's, but, let's go digging. Yeah, because um, I just wanted to read it. But it's, it, I don't know why it always just stuck out to me, but it, it, um, chapter 7, it's like the first verse. Um, there, was this, there was this thing I started to try to follow a little bit too, which was like kind of interest, interested me because in Exodus 9, chapter 9, verse 32, it mentions... Um, this is my wing. <laughs> Is it in King James? Says yeah, yeah. Going. yeah. But yeah. It, in Exodus, um, Exodus chapter nine, verse thirty-two, it mentions when when God sends the hail and it strikes all the stuff, and it says the. I don't know why it stood out to me, but it says that it talks about the barley. It says the barley and the spelt were struck, I think, but the wheat and something else were not struck because the barley is the early crop and the wheat is the late crop, mm -hmm. and so then. I don't know. That's that's why I think this started to stick out to me too. Because it says, mine says, "Thus, thus the Lord God show, showed me, behold, He formed locust swarms at the beginning of the late crops." Which In, verse? Uh, seven, seven verse seven one. one okay. Beginning of the late crops. Indeed, it was a late crop after the king's mowings. Um, so I don't know that, that. I think that's why I stood out to me at first because a late crop I think would be the wheat harvest or something, but. That that phrase too, the king's mowing, just kind of stuck out to me too. Like, if you really thought about it, like when he puts in the sickle to reap the harvest, I mean, you're cutting down the grain. That that seems to kind of almost convey an image of like, uh, like I don't want like, I guess people dying in a sense. Like you're cut, you're cutting the grass down. 
Yeah. I mean, you're that. That's kind of that's that was my thought about it. Um, it, it. That word mowing can also mean like shearing, like shearing the sheep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're mowing the grass or shearing the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but just that thought about with like you said with persecution and stuff, um, separating the wheat and the tares, and then let's say martyrdom mm-hmm. is that I'm putting the sickle to the grain. Yeah. Like cutting down. Is that a reaping of the harvest mm-hmm. sort of thing? Um, not that that would be the rapture. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case, but God gathering his people in a sense would be a, a, a martyrdom or something, like actually mm-hmm. cutting down the grain. I don't know. Yeah. That was just my... That, that's just some random thoughts, I guess, that I've... I'm, that I've actually not vocalized those to <laughs> anybody really before. You ever talked the, about the mowing before? <laughs> no, I mean, I just I kind of mentioned it. There's only been one person I mentioned that to. Um, okay, I'll just say it. Because um, <laughs> I... That's cool. See what you guys, what you guys think about it. Um, I, I just don't want to get in any sort of, like damnable heresy or anything you know so please correct me i i really try to i've gone through this thought a lot in my mind and i'm like what are the cons of thinking this way and it seems to me that in my mind there's a lot more pros to think this way the actual rapture of jesus gathering all his people together i've only ever mentioned this to one person who was right before christmas it was natalie and she mentioned a con that i can't remember now but it was actually a good one um, but the actual rapture, if it was, say, persecution happened worldwide, like you said, and then God gathering together all his people. I mean, I do, do think there's going to be a bodily resurrection at some point. But if he's gathering together all his people, what if that was worldwide genocide or martyrdom of all the Christians? Mm-hmm. And they just gathered up all the Christians because, I mean, all you have to do is say you're a Christian and yeah. you're not going to deny your faith. And then you get them all together and just martyr them all. Mm-hmm. And then they all go to heaven in one one sweep, one cutting down of the mm-hmm. king's mowing or something. That was just a thought. And I'm like, that seems like people could latch onto that idea and start preaching it. And so that's mm-hmm. why I haven't mentioned it to anybody because I'm right. like, that's totally contrary to what uh, the church mm-hmm. agrees on. It was just a thought I had. But then I, my, my thought too was like, the pros to thinking that way, it seems like it's almost like you live with a martyr mindset or it's almost like a you're, you're preparing yourself for that scenario. Yeah. To where you wouldn't be totally shaken. Your house wouldn't fall because you're, mm-hmm. you're prepared in, just in case. What if that is the case and that's what the rapture actually looked like or something? I mean... I don't think there really isn't a, a necessary preparation for martyrdom. Some people, the Lord does that where he gives them a grace and they see it ahead of time or something. Yeah. You know, and I've heard examples, the, the Columbine girls, an example of that. So, but I think as far as like end time stuff, there's a grace. That, I mean, I don't know, like Stephen, you know, rebukes the, you know, the Pharisees, like the first martyr. And then they went to stone him and he fell asleep. Yeah. You know, and I think there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's such an extravagant grace upon us mm-hmm. that I don't I don't think there's really the level of suffering that people think there to be, you know? Um, I've heard that before. I, I, I love the story. It's very gross, but this girl, Chinese girl, was in a jail, and they told her to denounce her faith, and they're going to make her eat poop and drink pee. And so they actually, like, 
they put everybody in a place and they had her and where they're going to do it. The Lord spoke to her that he's transforming the poop and pee into holy, Man. holy communion. What? And, stuff. and then she, uh, she did it in front of everybody. And it was this holy thing just between her and God and just transformed the whole jail. Yeah. And stuff, you know, but it's like her experience wasn't like tasting the poop and pee in this sense. There was a radical grace. Yeah. Stephen wasn't stoned, you know, there's yeah. radical grace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire, but they didn't get burnt, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of times that I think there's just his grace is so sufficient, whatever. Paul went through so much. Yeah. I mean, Paul went through more than Jesus, if you don't understand grace but if you understand grace no one's ever gone through as much as jesus but if you read like paul paul took the, the 39 stripes yeah and paul took like shipwreck and dying and the yeah. feet being broken and stuff and so a third person not understanding would be like oh my gosh paul went through all this but the truth is paul didn't go through hardly anything compared to what jesus went through because paul he he did it all with grace mm-hmm. you know and and he cried out well, let this be removed for me my grace is sufficient for you but um I, I don't think it's that bad. You know what I mean? And immediately after, whatever, talk about it's darkest before the dawn. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, like, come yeah. to the morning, even if there is a few minutes of pain, if you're, like, burned at the stake, yeah, maybe that might hurt a little bit before you actually die. But at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Yeah. And so there's there's just a way, I think, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's really going to be, like, this offering of this extreme painful end uh, you know yeah I, I completely agree with that I and I've heard stories like that too where people be burned at the stake like they said uh, there's some lady being burned at the stake and they were they were, um, said what if, if, if his grace is sufficient like just stick one of your fingers up and she like stuck up two or something like it was more yeah. than sufficient yeah um, yeah so I mean I think his grace would be there uh, I totally agree with that um and so in that sense, I, I agree where I guess there's not really preparing, but I guess I, I meant more like a, a mental preparing because it seems like especially in, or at least, I don't know if it's a whole Western church, but at least around this area, if I mention martyrdom to people, I know I mentioned you, yeah. you're like, we seem like we're on the same page with it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, they get terrified of the thought. Uh-huh. And so I guess in that sense, like it's, it's not looked at as an honor and it seemed like within the early church it was almost an honor and the like they would rejoice afterward when they got persecuted and for the name of Christ yeah and that that aspect of our fellowship fellowshipping with him in his sufferings mm-hmm. um I don't know I, I just can't seem to get around it now and I don't know if that's just because I've considered that an outcome but I'm like I I mean, I can't, when I read my Bible, maybe that's, I just need to be corrected at some point. Because <laughs> when I read my Bible, I just kind of, I've kind of almost come to that point where I've kind of taken that as my view of like, that is, I, we always picture the rapture of just like, people disappear. Yeah. But now I've come to start to think it might just be world, just martyrdom. And, but to me, I'm like, I almost desire that because when I look at Jesus Christ, I'm like, how beautiful would it be for his church to just die the same way he did? Yeah. Just go out and mar- go out like a lamb, you know. Yeah. 
just when when they come to persecute you just open not your mouth and like a lamb before the slaughter i mean it says that we all are like sheep before the slaughter yeah like we're all lambs before the slaughter and if his church actually did that and just said i'm not gonna like i'm we're just gonna go out like lambs to the slaughter praising god like if if it was worldwide martyrdom and all we just all lifted our voices and praise the lord and just said that exactly what Stephen said and what Jesus said, forgive them, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. Like, what a testimony that would be. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that's beautiful. But then I'm like, I, this is the, literally the first time I've spoken to this to people because I feel like it could be, I've been worried that if I actually vocalize this thought of that, what if the rapture actually was just legit worldwide martyrdom? Like then I feel like people would grab that as a teaching and... I don't know what would happen. Right. It seemed like it could be a really bad scenario, but I don't know if it would be or not. Well, our our timelines are all different, you know. Like us two are the same age as the girl that died in Columbine. Yeah. So she's a part of our generation, but yeah. all of a sudden she's writing in her journal about how she feels like God's calling her to be a martyr and stuff. And then people, the journal was published, and everybody best-selling book, and everybody, oh, wow. it really was an influential thing. Uh, you know, and that was kind of her dad went around telling her story and preaching like on tour kind of thing, selling her book or whatever, because of just the, the, the multiplication that came out of her martyrdom was really a cool example, you know, Yeah. from, from Columbine. And so even though she's part of our generation, she still felt called a martyrdom. And I, I've, I know other people that, that are missionaries or that have felt like God, God, God had that in store for them, you know, Yeah. yeah. but, um, generationally like I, th- I think when it comes to like the actual rapture there's going to be a God ending and you know like Jesus ending in, in a victorious kind of state you know what I mean that yeah. idea okay. I think is really prevalent um, yeah there's it's, I do want to make that clear mm-hmm. though I, I don't if, if that's the case like I do think there would be a bodily re- resurrection after that like I'm not saying yeah. like oh I think I'm not doing away with that aspect because that's mm-hmm. I mean, it it even talks about that in Revelation that the you know. Um, so I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, w- I just want to make that clear that I I still believe in bodily resurrection or anything. Like I said, I don't want to go down any sort of damnable hairs. <laughs> I think so. There, there was a dream that I had. Um, I remember I was really powerful. Uh, somebody had created this really cool place, um, uh, and. My, it was actually a, my former Bible college director, I don't know, Pastor Allen. He, he was a part of a group of people that created this place where, like, Christians could go and kind of, like, hide. It was like a village or whatever, and people were hiding in the end, you know? And, and there was all this persecution going on. And I woke up and I was on a school bus. You know those pictures they have in school of, like, the human body where, like, half the body, like, has skin on it, but the other half is just, like, the muscles? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, I was burnt so bad that the muscles you could see like muscles and skin and stuff but I woke up and I I totally felt like 100% even though I wasn't healed so you could look at me and be like oh my gosh I could see that dude's muscles you know like I could literally see the red and all that stuff I was really scarred up bad but I went to I went to different places this one of the most spiritual dreams I've, I've, I've had and I remember I woke up and I remember going to this one place and preaching the gospel like really confrontationally and all these people were receiving it and it was really great but there was another group of people that were coming to stop me and grab me and when they came to get me I was translated and I went somewhere else 
And so like That's like fun. they they couldn't catch me. So I just translated over here and I just kept doing it. And there was just this mindset of this kind of who cares mindset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like if I get caught, I get caught. If I don't get caught, you know. Yeah. Uh, just last night me and Erica were in a Bible study and um, my friend started reading Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and when he was reading it an exact verse stood out in my head and then when he read it he stopped that verse and talked about it and it's the verse where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say uh, we will not be careful after this man is speaking to you he yeah. says like God is able to save, save us but, but, but even if he doesn't yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the we will not be careful part because I love that in, in debate <laughs> like that's just my personality <laughs> like I will not be careful in this you're an idiot you know you're wrong <laughs> Like, you know, I'm just, just, just call you out, you know, yeah. and then stuff, you know, and, um, but the, I don't say you're an idiot, but I would not be idiot. careful. Uh, I know, like, I like, yeah, like don't water it down kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's good. but the idea that God's able to save us, but even if he doesn't kind of thing, yeah, you know, just, just walking in a freedom. I mean, the scope of eternity, how much, you know, how much to honor God in the way we are, our last moments on earth or months, you know, even that, that last little portion of the vapor of our lives, yeah. you know, like who, ca- like, who cares, you yeah. know? And I don't know, like, I don't spend time studying end times that much. Yeah. And people get into the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib debate. Yeah. But all I see when I look at that is like fear and entitlement, you know? And that, and I haven't dug, I haven't dug deeply enough to, Kind of, I don't have a dog in this race. I, I really want to give my disclaimer, you know, because yeah, yeah. like I don't study that because I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how properly understanding end times is going to change your your daily walk. And maybe it does. Maybe it brings a type of uh, awakening or something. But what I see is like these people are defending. Oh well, God wouldn't want us to go through the tribulation. God wouldn't want His people to suffer yeah. seven years of the, the preaching. Yeah, 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 you know, fear and time. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, so we. So, you know, preacher, it has to be preacher. I mean, look at the prosperity gospel. God doesn't want us to suffer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Yeah. And, you know, and so I don't, I don't know where I side on preacher, mid-trip, post-trip. And yeah. I don't know if I care. And yeah. honestly, like, if they're, it's like, hey, if y'all want to get out three years into it, just, you know, just go ahead and get on the bus without me. I'll, I'll, I'll catch the next bus out here. And I'm going to spend the next three years getting something done. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? No, I, I'm totally, me personally, I am... 100% post, post-trip post mm-hmm. that's what I believe that's what I want too yeah. it's like, like you just said I mean I if say it was pre-trip well I'm like well then I'd pr- my prayer would probably be to let the Lord let me stay yeah I'm like why why would you not want to stay for the people that are left <laughs> yeah like yeah it's it sure helps there's somebody. some sort of fruitful work you can do during the tribulation <laughs> exactly <yeah. laughs> you know yeah and they're like, no, we just want to get the first bus out of here. Like, yeah, it does seem yeah. like fear and entitlement to me. I completely yeah. agree. It, almost, yeah, everybody, you, you come like I feel like that really holds to that belief. It, I, I don't know what else it could be because it seems like they're scared of mm-hmm. the tribulation or, yeah, I, I don't know. But then, like, then again, like you said, I don't really study end times all that much either. I just, I mean, I, that just seems clear to me from. I mean, not just the book of Revelation, from almost every, the whole theme through the Bible. Yeah. Like, how did that, how do you avoid that? <laughs> right? Even Jesus said you're going to have tribulation, so I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know how you th- toss that out. But. Yeah, and you're blessed and you're persecuted for my name's sake. Okay? Yeah, exactly. It's all over. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel, I think that's why I feel that way, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that is kind of a selfish entitlement thing to, to not have that outlook of, 
I mean, I feel like if you 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 want to stay behind if you care about yeah. them. Yeah, you'd want to be there, stick with them to the end. Even mm-hmm. if they end up rejecting God in the end, it's like, why not stay and keep trying? Uh-huh. Like, at least keep trying to save yeah. someone. Yeah, like, you know, if I die, I want somebody to bring me back, if possible. Like, like yeah. sign me up, raise me from the dead. Like, I don't <laughs> want to, uh, you know, I don't want to yeah. stop until I'm done with my assignment. Kind of yeah, thing, you know? yeah, yeah. And stuff, and, you know, I think that, I don't know. There's, there's a wisdom. I think there wasn't there a case where like even Jesus, like the crowds were coming after him, and he just escaped through through mm-hmm. the middle of them and left. Yeah, they so, were gonna stone him and throw him off the cliff. Yeah. So okay, so here's Jesus, Jesus, right? Here's Jesus himself, Jesus. right here. And if, if there ever was an opportunity to be a martyr for the cause, it's when the Pharisees are coming to throw you off a cliff because you're Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he he slipped through the crowd. Because like it, it wasn't his time exactly. There's yeah. still there's still something to be done, yeah. and so maybe part of your assignment is martyrdom. But that martyrdom is something to be done. It's the last check of the bucket list, you know. Yeah. And but if it's not time to check that box, then I, I believe that we can walk in a type of like freedom where you know. And so maybe some people, I don't know, like. There's, there's, there's just a, a, a type of wisdom I think that we can have, like being wise as serpents, you know, innocent as doves, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think we ever need to live in compromise, especially as Americans, you know. <laughs> I had somebody say to me, "Well, I don't know if Jesus would have would really preach the way you do, or would really take this big old stand or whatever, really like fight for this like governmental territory of." Free speech. And I said to him, I go, Jesus wasn't an American. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, whoa. <laughs> Jesus wasn't an American? What? But I'm like, yeah, Jesus wasn't an American. And, and, and it's like, well, what? Well, okay, like, we have an inheritance that has been bought, paid for by endless, like, it's, we've inherited our American citizenship from our ancestors and they fought, bled and died on foreign soil so that we could walk in the freedom we walk in and they, you know, came over on the Mayflower and almost died a hundred times during the, you know, whatever but it's like all of that's for the freedom of our, of the free speech, you know, of America and so we have an inheritance that we need to kind of steward yeah, in yeah. a sense and I think people look at Oh, persecution's coming, persecution's coming. And then LGBT comes and tries to silence the American church from preaching freedom. And like, oh, there's persecution, told you it was coming. Yeah. It's like, well, hey, maybe you don't need to like roll over and play dead just because yeah. a dog is barking at you. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe yeah, you yeah. kind of man yeah. up a little bit here and realize, hey, there's, there's something to fight for. There's an inheritance. Yeah, you know, yeah. like if our ancestors fought, bled, and died on foreign soil so that we could walk in this, can we at least stand up on a college campus and say you're wrong for saying that yeah. you see what I'm saying they're saying yeah, hey yeah. the things you're fighting for you know don't agree with the bible you know what I mean yeah it's speaking the truth in love yeah sort of thing yeah yeah and holding I agree hold, um, to yeah steward that inheritance of, of free speech and maintain that and I guess when I I mentioned like like a lamb going to slaughter not opening your mouth I mean, Jesus 
when he was led to the cross, he wasn't totally silent. There were times when he spoke. I guess in the aspect of it, when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return sort of mm-hmm. thing. Like that sort of thing. Like you're not going to... Um, what is it? There's another part where it says that. Like he doesn't... You know, you don't... You he don't, wasn't trying to prove himself. Yeah, yeah. You just... It's not, not so much a sense of rolling over and dying and like, oh, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut when people start yelling at me. But that you just don't, you don't lash out in anger sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you can speak the truth in love, but you, um, yeah, I don't know. Just that there's, there's a, a grace that goes along with it, a wisdom. Yeah, because, right you know, to live by the sword is to die by the sword. We don't need to adopt their, their, their tactics. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff, you know, or, you know. Man, that's a very good... ourselves to play their game. First to quote there, too, like the symbolism with that, live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah, so we don't don't have to adopt their tactics, but at the same time, you know, when the terrorist jumps on the bus during your Israel tour and says, anybody who's a Christian, stand up, and you're like, ooh, this is my turn to be martyred, stand up, ooh, hey, shoot me first. You know, like, maybe, maybe you should just hesitate and reach in your backpack, grab a can of soda or something, and maybe, you know, the Lord would, would... Give you a good arm for a couple seconds. You can hit the dude in the forehead with a rock or a can of soda, you know. Or maybe you could like bum rush him and take the gun, or you know what I mean, like sorry, some sort like, of strategy. I like, I like your imagination. Like yeah, I want to see know? that in a film: a terrorist hop on a bus and someone grab their coke can. Just hit him in the head with the rock. Like I don't know. Like, soda. If there's if there's thirty <laughs> Christians, if there's thirty Christians on a bus, Doctor Pepper and saves the day. And there's one dude with a gun, you know. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just... Yeah. There's better ways. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I don't know. Like... Yeah. Man, we didn't get off on the rabbit trail, did we? We did. <laughs> How did we go off there? <laughs> you started that. Well, so the idea of shoot, shoot me first, I think, people people look at the, the persecution against the American church, and I think they they're like, oh, it's like this idea of... What's the point in fighting when we're in the end times and this is supposed to happen anyway? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, what's the point in defending free speech? What's the point in standing up against the anti-theism agenda of the, the leftist, you know, whatever? Yeah. Like, what's the, like, why even fight? Let's just roll over this, uh, this, this pacifist. It's like, a, it's like a self-inflicted martyrdom or something. There's no, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a, a true power, uh, it's in Micah and it says, but truly I'm full of the power of the Lord and of justice and might to declare Israel his sin. And so, yeah, you don't roll over, you stand up for truth and what the truth is and stuff. And I mean, in the message of repentance that, you know, come to Christ and everything, but there's a true power to that too, of actually standing for the truth and what's right. Yeah. Instead of instead of yeah, just roll over and say, well, it's it, that would be a, sh- a shame to see the church do that. Just like, oh, the world's getting darker. Let's go hide away. Mm-hmm. Let's put the lamp under a, a bushel. You know, and I don't know. Yeah. Well, the great thing is when the the darker the dark gets, the brighter the light gets. Because the light is way greater and way brighter than the dark. You put you prove that in any room that's pitch black. You light a match and yeah. immediately there's light in the room. Yeah. But you can't... The, the light... The, even he said in the word, the darkness has never put it out. The yeah. light always wins. Because he's yeah. the light of the world. Yeah, yeah. 
I think the closest time you see that and almost going out was yeah Jesus on the cross mm. when darkness came over the face of the whole earth right body yeah. had him and everybody's hope for a, a minute there just seemed to die you know because they they watched their hope die and then want some coffee just tea oh tea oh okay yeah is it, does it work in there? I've never actually tried that before. I don't know. Um, I didn't think about that that far. Yeah, no, there's an Earl Grey thing there. Maybe you can grab the Earl Grey and put it in the little... It's like a Keurig machine. I have a better blossom one. No, I, I'd advise you to do the other thing. It might be easier. Is it... Wait, there is a tea to put in there, though? What, baby? I think there's a little... Oh, the Earl Grey. I think there's a deal though here. Oh, there's blackberry sage. No, this is like a Keurig, right? I think so, yeah. It should be. Is there water in it? There should be water in it, I guess. Yeah, it has water in it, so... She could probably just... Get, will it do just hot water? Yeah, I just want the water. Yeah, yeah, just do the water then. Don't do the Earl Grey. If you know what you're doing, do it then. I'm not sure exactly. <coughs> Making tea. Blackberry sage. Tea for wisdom. Oh, there you go. Blackberry blended with the orchid. Sounds really good. Smell it. Tea for wisdom. That's what we need right now. Can you do it like that? Yeah. Really? That's what. That's how it goes, babe. Oh, So this is Melissa's place. No, this is Jessica's. Uh, my oldest sister. Okay. I don't think you've met her yet. No. I don't think so. Just... I remember her name being tossed around, but. Yeah, I think you only met Melissa, right? So far. Yeah, I don't think you've met Natalie either. Natalie, I think, will be in town this weekend, though. Um, I think. I'm not positive. I know she'll be around Sunday. Because um, she's coming to talk at the church or whatever. But did you figure it out? I think so. Cool. Mm. We're kind of flying out. You can do the mug if you'd rather do the mug. No, that's okay, because that way we have less dishes for y'all. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But. Cool. Um, Sorry, I wasn't trying to. Oh, no, that's okay. Totally... You know, I have a fresh point to add to the list of what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we'll just let it keep going and record it. And I don't. It's, uh, I usually don't edit it out but I can always go in and so there's not these long pauses or whatever but I, I try not to edit it anyway I feel like it's probably better to leave it unedited that way people Wrong. know it's not tapered with or something I guess it's real because yeah. I feel like yeah it's real as you know that stuff it's I said earlier might, it might not have been yeah I might get a little more coffee too I'm gonna dump this out get some fresh fresh stuff but
What's your testimony? How long have you been? His story. His story. That's what I call it. I was gonna add part about the Marvin thing while on that subject. Yeah. So okay. Like, yeah. And then I'll dive in. Is that yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't need to dive anywhere. <laughs> it turned yellow again, baby. Oh, cool. These have little things on the back. Oh, watch out, Sippy Whiffy. It does. No, it, I did that before, so I think if you wait, it might turn green. All right. Like red, yellow, green, okay. like stop I'm going to go with his theory. I mean, it sounds good. Yeah, all right. My theory is it's going to turn... If it, if it never does, then we'll leave it alone. My so theory is it's going to turn green, and it's just like spitting water out. All right. And just anyway. Green. So what would you... Okay, so... Oh, see you here? You hear sounds like he's doing something. I hear I something. I going to work. I hear something, baby. Theory. Right. Okay. Yeah, martyrdom. Yeah, so about martyrdom... Um. So when I was working on the 44 currencies of life, yeah. uh, one currency that I didn't mention for a specific reason is the currency of blood. And so um, 
blood is probably the one of the most important currencies. Blood is the currency of the spiritual realm. So people in all sorts of demonic practices, they offer like blood sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. And so the shedding of blood is um, it. It actually is a a, a currency, right? And so um, the shedding of of innocent blood is is like a more valuable currency than the shedding of of other kind of blood. And that's why uh, killing babies has always been a demonic exercise because it's fueling demonic forces. And it gets really dark when you talk about this stuff. It's overwhelming. So we don't want to talk about that. But um, it does give you a glimpse into abortion in America and how dark of an issue it is because it's actually fueling demonic entities. It's not just killing babies. It's worse than that. But that gets way too dark. But um, understanding that blood is a currency, right? And so remember uh, when Abel's blood was crying out from the ground? Mm-hmm. You know, so he comes yeah, yeah. To, God comes to Cain and he's like, Abel's blood is crying out to me. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a shedding of blood that can actually um, be like a currency in itself. And there's, um, there's a, a story I heard about this guy. He went, he felt led to go to this church in this persecuted area and preach to this church, whatever. And so he went and he was leading this church. And then these Muslims came and killed him. And stuff, right? And then this other guy, he heard about it, and he felt like he felt like God was leading him to go to the same church, pick up where the other guy left off, and, and it's like, whoa, you know, and like, you know, he's got. Um, and so anyway, he but he had to do it, so he's obedient. So he goes and he does it, and then he's, he's preaching at this church, and then same group of Muslims come, kidnap him, tie him up, take him away to this place, and they untie him. And then they, uh, he's there in front of all the Muslims, and their leader guy, the terrorist leader guy, says something. Goes, tell us what's going on. We don't understand this. Ever since we killed that guy, we've had this vision of blood on our hands. I've and heard this before. We, we we can't get the blood off of our hands. How do we get this blood off of our hands? Jesus. And the preacher just sitting there, he's like, wow. And he told him about the the blood of Jesus having washed away, and all, and he, he led them all, all these terrorists to Christ. Woo! And so that first guy, he, he died a martyr's death, but his blood wasn't wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so yeah. his blood was a currency. And so God, this does happen where God strategically sent this guy to die a martyr's death, not just, you know, to give him glory or whatever. It was actually a currency yeah, that yeah, was yeah. shed in the earth at, at his death. Yeah. And martyrdom has always led to massive backlash you know like it's always been like a, like a multiplying effect you yeah, know, yeah you know what i mean like look at all the christians that are martyred in rome and how much that just multiplied the, the gospel on a crazy scale yeah you know? yeah unless the seed falls into the ground and dies oh, it's yeah, the same thing. yeah yeah after it produces yeah. much grain so there's a yeah. currency of blood the reason why the currency of blood wasn't part of 44 currencies is the 44 currencies you exchange for other currencies and you never exchange blood because <laughs> oh, yeah. we live by the blood of the blood of Jesus through faith is this endless currency to pay for everything so we never do blood exchange that yeah, yeah. weird religion stuff like that so that's why I yeah, it's include really, it in there but it is the currency of the spiritual realm is blood yeah which is really a strange concept I actually put that in that um, little uh, book thing that I gave you mm-hmm. it's kind of this weird just weird paradox like we're going along with what you're saying and I actually drew a, a, a picture, there's a watercolor in there I did, of Stephen. Remember Stephen? Stephen? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but it was that, the, 
Remember where God says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice? Mm-hmm. You have it? Yeah, of course I have it. I keep it right here. Oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, it's that, um, it's kind of this weird little paradox I started to look at. Um, let me see if I find this spot. I love the cover. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and he says, because uh, it's that verse I just, I mean, it stood out to me a lot where God says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And um, there's, um, so you have Stephen, or let's take the guy, for example, that you just mentioned, the, the first martyr. Um, so God doesn't desire sacrifice. He desires mercy. But it's like, but it almost took this guy's sacrifice for him to spread the mercy mm-hmm. to all those terrorists. Isn't it? It's like this weird little paradox. You see, yeah. even, even with Stephen, um, or even mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, an example, like... Well, how else would God's mercy come into the world if it was not for the sacrifice of Christ? Yeah. So it's like, I, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, but it's like, it's this weird, like almost, it's this weird paradox where they sometimes go hand in hand. That was the little watercolor or whatever, but yeah, it was kind of that whole concept that I put in there. Like with Stephen, it's like, as soon as Stephen was martyred, well then that persecution caused this, like you mentioned before, this spreading. It was like this this point, like all the churches, the church kept growing and growing and growing, and it was growing in this, within itself. And then, But then as soon as Stephen got martyred, then the persecution hit the church, and then the church spread out. Yeah. And so it was like, the, then the gospel spread. And so then God's mercy spread out through the sacrifice of Stephen's life. And so it's like... The tender plant that, that budded in Saul... Yeah, that was another thing I was thinking too. Like, uh, would Saul have really? Because um, you read the book of Acts, and he mentions, you know, there. Are, I think it might be more than just the book of Acts too, but he mentions a couple of times, like of being there, just watching when they were yeah. killing Stephen, consenting to his death, basically. Well, didn't they, I, I I thought of that as Perclos. They they actually took the clothes of Stephen and cast them at the feet of Paul. And so I thought of that as almost like a prayer cloth type of transfer. Oh, I I never even thought about that. My thought with it was was just like the the the, the concept of like um, it, when you see yourself as chief of all the sinners, mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of you love more. He who he who yeah. sins much loves much. Yes. And so like that 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 plant of like Stephen's life, him just standing there consenting to his death, and then recalling it later in life kind of maybe caused him to have more of that mercy that, yeah that yeah. mercy or that love towards God which is just a weird another weird concept no, too. Well, like well, if, if Stephen true. hadn't been if he hadn't uh, consented to Stephen's death if none of that would have actually like but it's so profound though like Stephen's life like Paul's life and Paul's conversion you can't separate the two anymore really right. and it's like man Think of the fruit that goes to Stephen's account. Yeah. Through laying down his life for that. And then you have Paul. Like, we wouldn't have any of the epistles if it wasn't for Stephen, even. It's like, man, how they're all all connected. It's really, really kind of neat and fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it makes you kind of... It's humbling. You don't Mm -hmm. see God's whole picture like that, too, because you... um, You'd probably be, I mean, we'd probably be freaking out in a situation like that of of martyrdom, Stephen being a young guy and he gets uh, martyred. It's like, yeah. oh, his life was cut short, but it's like, man, but the fruit that came out of that. Paul would have probably been freaked out and 
argued against the idea that his letters became scripture. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. A, it's amazing. Oh, we don't know the, the magnitude of which God is, is, is using us. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. the importance of what we're doing in, the, in, in those moments and stuff. So it's amazing the magnitude of how God orchestrates to yeah. different things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, to just look back on all of it. I don't know. Yeah, that um, going back to what you said though about that guy, that whole story you told about that. Did you hear a story? I heard a story a while back about some some guy who went to try to reach some unreached people group on some island that had never heard the gospel, and he basically showed up and they just completely murdered him. Are you it, talking about through the gates of splendor, like Jim Elliot and? Yeah, because he was part of a group of people, but his wife is one of my my favorite authors, actually. Was it just this... It was, like, last year or the year before? Uh, oh, oh, no, no, no this no. is decades. No, no, this was just real recent. Just recent there was, yeah, yeah, real recent, and I think he kind of got made fun of or something. People were like, what was he thinking? Because it was like... I guess they were known for doing that or something. Yeah. They were really considered dangerous people. They uh-huh. they would murder outsiders all the time. I don't know that anybody has actually tried to evangelize him, but he actually, I think, took time tried to learn some of their language before he even went but basically I don't even think he, he touched the island basically I think he came up in a boat and they or as soon as his feet hit the island they just murdered him but that's interesting with that thought though because it's like well now his blood you have the blood yeah, of a martyr in yeah. that area like what someone else should go that? there yeah there's um, a group of martyrs in was it in the Florida area or something like way like 1400s or 1500s or something, some of the, um, the Moravians, I think they were called. Okay. But it's a really interesting martyrdom story. And I, I don't know all the details even do it justice, but yeah, yeah, there, there is something there. Oh, you remember that weird story about the guy that promised God the first thing that came to him he'd sacrifice and then, and then his daughter ran to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how that Jephthah. Just, how that, yeah, how that just messes you up, the faith of Jephthah. But it's like a couple stories later, this guy has like 20 sons or something like that. And they all, and they rode on 20 camels or something. It was I even think more it's radical. 70. Yeah, yeah, like 70. It's yeah, yeah. radical like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I saw a connection between those. Uh, actually, that, oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it, it's very close, like, the number of chapters, it's, like, right there. But Jephthah and the guy with the sons that rode on all the horses or camels or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just interesting, you know? Time and time again, there's there's uh, there's those kind of things. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out and find out where it is, see how many. I want to see if it's 70. Jephthah, Jephthah. Then he kills his daughter. Poor gal. She goes and bewails her virginity on the mountains. Uh, let's see. Oh, 40. Wait, no. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 young donkeys. Right. Yeah. So who was that that had those? Uh, Abdon. But it's... it's well, like Abdon the, like the son of Jephthah or something? There's, I believe no, there's a link between it's just another, It's just another judge, I think. It was... Um, to to me, there was some currency from that girl's death that that was justified by the king's later. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, it's in the book of Judges, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not sure either. That's one of those heresy kind of things. You. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the four four lepers was Elisha's servant. Mm-hmm. Oh. Gehazi? Yeah, it's, 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 it's another theory. It's another theory. But uh, are you, you remember, are you remember the, the four lepers that, that sat at the gate? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were because they go out and they they have the uh, was the it the same timeline? Yeah, same exact timeline. Time? So that's what I mean about saying stuff like this because we someone's gonna know. we're like oh so we got that They're, prayer before someone's gonna hear someone's gonna hear this and give a whole sermon on it and be like <laughs> I know it was. That was that one leper. So he when, was there. When some, fun, though. When, when someone is disgraced, their their name isn't mentioned. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't know Samson's mother's name. It talks about her all through the story, but it never says her name. Yeah. Because Samson's mother was a big part of the problem that 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 Samson had had, had issues with. Really? Yeah. And if if you look at the commands the angel gave Samson's mother, and then what Samson's mother repeated. Anyway, it's 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 all huh. in there, but. Um, so there's certain people who don't know their name, and so Gehazi was not almost cursed in a sense by Elisha, and then he walked out with with leprosy, white as snow. Yeah, yeah. So you read the story where Gehazi walks out of being around Elisha, you know, and so here he is, he's under this prophet, and he's right in the middle of this prophetic thing that God's about to do, and then, but then he's cursed with with leprosy, and then immediately after that, there's the four lepers at the gate. And then Elisha says to the guy, you know, that th- that this time tomorrow, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 an apple will be sold for a shekel or something like that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the guy says, well, even if that did happen, it would be too fast. You know, that story. And so anyway, um, so the four lepers are the ones that go out and spoil. But then of the four lepers, one of the lepers says, hey, this what's going on here with with this money yeah, it's is right. wrong. If you, if you really think about what the one leper says amongst those four, it is reflective of the lesson that Gehazi would have learned. Should have learned. Yeah. Should have, yeah. Because <laughs> Gehazi kind of, in a scene, went to the king like, oh, king, go ahead and give us the money anyway. Yeah. And Elisha says, well, so he made a mistake in valuing money rather than what is right. And so there's a... Yeah. Uh, the, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the four lepers was Gehazi, the one, the one That's that said those sentences and stuff. There's a lot of hidden things. So yeah, yeah. And, and right. I, yeah, it, it is it right after way. that, like you said, it is like shortly after that. The, and there's a number of things when there's when there's four. There's always three <coughs> and one. There's always three of one kind and one that's that separate usually. You, yeah. see, you see a lot in proverbs and stuff. You see, you see it all throughout the Bible: James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are one kind of gospel, but John is different in a lot of ways. And, mm-hmm. and there's uh, just a lot of... It gets deep when you talk about the three and the one. But uh, but anyway, so with the four lepers, that would mean that three were one way, but one was different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So Sorry, those, are, those are just talking theories. Talking about numbers those are, again. Those are the theories that you, you, you can't <laughs> really... But I'm sure you've read <laughs> well, Proverbs just, that say four yeah. things... Three or this one is that. Yeah, I'm thinking of Proverbs 30 or something too. Mm-hmm. Like these. Yeah, it does that a lot. Proverbs 30. Yeah, yeah he talks about. Um, yeah, uh, the. I, I don't know. I can't quote the scripture right now, but yeah, there's there's a couple times. It, yeah, in 30, it does that quite a lot. But then as soon as you said that again, I'm thinking of Amos again. It says he goes over and over for three transgressions of Damascus and for four. Yeah. And then he goes to the next place for three transgressions of Gaza and for four. Mm-hmm. It's like goes through all this for three and for four for three and for four I never noticed that before 
Yeah. Why is that? But you don't see that in a sense with the four directions, um, or do you? You mean north, south, east, and west? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's four of those. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Do you, it's oh, that same concept with right. those? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. You mm-hmm. um, if the earth was flat, then one would be going to the center and one would be going to the edge. <laughs> Okay. Only one would, <laughs> only one would have a pole. Yeah, there you but go. the only problem is the Earth isn't flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, because the there's four directions. Though, I'm thinking the other time they're thinking about four is the, um, the four creatures, mm-hmm. where I don't know that there's like a, a separation or, in one of those. Well, there was Daniel and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then when they're thrown in the fire, there's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and, and the Jesus. Man. Yeah, yeah, and the, the fourth man. That's um, weird. I never. Yeah, I'm gonna look for that because yeah. I just if that is a pattern, like then I wonder if if that pattern could be seen in those other things in the four directions, maybe. And then yeah. One direction that just is a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little something else. Yeah. Yeah, and then the four creatures like. Is there they, one that stands out amongst? Yeah, them? or each of them have four faces, and maybe one mm-hmm. of the four faces stands out a little different or something. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Man, he's Takes getting that number stuff. to conceal a matter. I know. So, this, <laughs> uh, this revelation is built on the ones and threes. Sorry. Yeah. One big box three that attached the branch from it. Yeah, okay. And then you have one big box three that branch from it. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, it one box three too. that branch from it. Yeah. So there's always three branches off of each one. So... If Jesus is the big one, then this would be James, John, and Peter. And James, John, and Peter are these three big boxes, and there would be nine remaining boxes, which is true, because there are 12, 12 disciples. 12, yeah, yeah. So since there are three close to Jesus and nine on the outside, then the one and three model could hold true. So theoretically, again, I wouldn't be surprised if three of the disciples were close to, Andrew, uh, were close to James, and three were close to John, and three were close to Peter. Yeah. I don't have any proof for that. There's actually very little discussion of the different disciples' names. It's kind of funny. Yeah. One, of, one of the best arguments that an atheist can backhand a Christian with is like, oh, you think you know the Bible? Can, can, can you tell me the names of the 12 disciples? And people are like, yeah. oh my gosh, uh, James, John, and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, Adam, Matthew. No, Matthew wasn't a disciple. Adam okay. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, Andrew, you know, Philip, Judas. Bartholomew, Thaddeus. <laughs> There's Judas and then Judas not the scariest. Yeah, and plus like in the different, yeah, yeah. And Thomas. Then, and then in the different gospels, they, they have different names and some Philip. of them like they're the same people, but it's yeah. like uh, well, I mean Levi and Matthew were the same person, so it's like Simon, <laughs> so you can get, Simon um, and Peter, same person. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, so, so yeah, the, the ones treasures, with treasures, you know. Yeah, it's never yeah. ending. Again, like yeah. we were talking about in the very beginning, the the manna. Like <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. there's no end to things that we that he could teach us or we can learn. The depths in his word. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it makes it's, sense that he can. Sorry, but go ahead. No, no it's, it's cool when it's revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that we don't. I don't know. I think instead of digging for it aimlessly and then we're kind of surprised with it which I guess that does happen but I think when the Holy Spirit's revealing something you know uh-huh. what I mean yeah, yeah. that's like, exactly it because it's like it's like you were talking about at the beginning Jason it's it's the Holy it's Holy Spirit um, teaching because when he's the one that's teaching then there's a, like Peter there's some place where um, Peter talks very very clearly and says that it is 
not open for interpretation that it is mm. it is interpreted by God's spirit yeah and so um the he, he was talking about it's I wish we could find that verse what is it oh it's I it's uh, well, he's talking, talking about, about prophecy. The scripture is not of private interpretation. Yes. Um, I want to and say it's First Peter, but yep, I want to say Peter too. Is that your old Bible or your new? My new one. My new one. Dude, you've gone through that thing so much already. I know. How long have you had that Bible, Jason? Oh, I've had it. I started on it a little bit before Christmas, he's but I had it for like a year almost. I hadn't gone through the minor prophets before that because I read those while I was in India, isn't it? But then um, I think it's a. Uh, it's second, second Peter, second chapter Peter? one, verse twenty. Dude, I wish I had as much yes. word in me as you have in you, man. That's <laughs> Thanks, cool. man. That's what I mean, though. It's all by God's grace because, like I said, I, as I word. hated, um, I hated reading. Like honestly, I think I consider myself one of the most ignorant people. I think I know because I hated reading. I hated school. I hated everything, and so like everything I know now, I feel like every bit of knowledge or wisdom or understanding has literally come all by the grace of God and almost entirely through just reading the scriptures. Yeah. Like I don't read hardly anything else. I've read a, I've read a couple other like Christian books here and there and I've really enjoyed them, but most of my time is just spent in the word or I'll start reading another book and then I'll kind of get that conviction like i feel like i should just be reading the bible instead or something yep. i don't know I'm and then but yeah it's it's all by god's grace though i know because i i can't stand reading other than this so yeah it's just it's it's by his spirit that he's i don't know and but, yeah. so verse 18 says and this will that to me is an amazing testimony, Jason, to God's goodness because he takes the foolish things of this earth to shame the wise and the yeah. learned, like all these that have been through school and all these that have all these years of I've been a Christian for whatever. And you've just simply come like a child and just been like, okay, Lord, what do you want to teach me? Yeah. You know, like, you, 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 you're my rabbi. Yeah, and to maintain that, that perspective is so important, too. And it's always good to, it's like... so pure. To, you have to, no matter how much you learn, it's like, you, you have to continue learning. Like, there's so much more you still don't know. You're yeah. never done. You're never... That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, is that verse in Ecclesiastes, where it says, All this I have proved by wisdom. I said, I'll be wise, but it was far from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's just like my, one of my favorite verses. Like the more wisdom I get, the more I realize how much how unwise I am. Yeah, it's like man. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, you were gonna read that verse though. So I was gonna start at 18. eighteen. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That was Peter talking. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well, that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And then verse 21, for the prophecy came not in, excuse me, turning the page. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
and and that um backs up you know where paul for like three years i think it was that he was not taught by any man it was just him and holy spirit and he came out more learned than all the pharisees you know just like jesus like he's 12 years old and he's teaching them and they're astonished how does this guy go and he hasn't learned a thing he's teaching them because God's spirit, you know, he teaches us, he trains us, he guides yeah. us, he directs us. Like, that's that's the reason Jesus sent him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. We don't have to figure this thing out on our own. And in fact, we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. He says, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and that way God gets the glory. Yeah, it was Galatians, okay. uh, Galatians 1, 12. Where Paul says, but I make known, well, verse 11, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But the thing I would challenge, though, that if you're not careful, people take that into a Lone Ranger mentality. Oh, yeah. And that Lone Ranger mentality is a short step away from elitism. And stuff, you know, you know what I mean? Because like, oh, well, I'm I'm better on this or that. But it, that if that verse is misinterpreted in today's context, you don't you lose um, puzzle theory. You know, you you yeah. need to take away like well, you know, for First Corinthians twelve talks about you know the the the, the, the manifestation of the of the spirit and how it comes in different ways through different people. Yeah, yeah. And so that that means that one of my favorite things about God is that God uses people to help people. He uses the body to heal the body. He uses us to reach people. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. God can. God's more than able to evangelize the the homeless person without us. You know, He can shake them up and you know speak from heaven. Holy Spirit can convict them and have them fall on his knees without another person in the room. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He can. You know. There's always a Bible in the drawer of every hotel in America because of the Gideons or whatever, you know, like, God doesn't need us, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the... There are diversities of gifts with the same Spirit and diversities of administrations with the same Lord and diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh in all. So the gifts come from the Spirit and the administrations come from the Lord. And the operations come from God, right? And so that's what the Holy Spirit's doing, what Jesus is doing. Wait, he said that one doing. more time. The gifts so come from the Holy there, Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. Yeah. But it's the same Spirit. Okay, so it's doing the diversities of gifts. So the Holy Spirit is doing the diversities of gifts. There are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. Yeah. So Jesus is doing the administration. And then there are diversities of operations. But it is the same God that worketh in all. So God's doing the operations. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of people understand the difference between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They they see them all as like the same. Like the, they don't understand, you know, God's your Father. Jesus is your groom. You, you have the same type yeah, of yeah, deep yeah. love and respect and uh, reverence and obedience. But it's not exactly the same thing. There's a different kind of reverence, a different kind of holiness, intimacy. But, um, okay, so... The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, right? And so it's saying right here, every man is given the Spirit for the purpose of profiting with all. 
right? Well, so why why am I given the spirit? It's so I can profit you, so I can profit you, so I can profit you. Yeah. Right? And so one person is given by the spirit the word of wisdom. Another person is given uh, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Another faith by the same spirit. Another gifts of healing. And your sister and I were talking about this the other day in the Bible study we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gifts of healing by the same spirit. Another working of miracles. Another discerning of spirits. Another diverse times of cons. Another interpretation of tongues. But all these that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. So the spirit is giving different gifts to, to different people for mm-hmm. corporate assignments so that the whole body can have these different oper- these different things, you know? Yeah. And so uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to bring one kind of thing to the table. Sometimes he wants to bring something else, you know? And so maybe as the corporate body is moving forward, maybe a word of wisdom needs to be brought forth. Uh, or maybe discernment needs to be brought forth. There's a good chance those are going to come from two different people. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so yeah. it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So there's all these different members of one body. So we're all different hands, eyes, ears, feet, noses, um, so also is Christ. You know, and for by the Spirit we're baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, right? Um, the body is not one member, but many. You know, and this Lone Ranger Christianity, I've seen it get people way, way off track. Mm-hmm. So everything you're saying is right, but I'm saying that verse is one of many verses that can be misinterpreted if not applied within the the, the, the fullness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, 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 of other scripture other parts are, you know yeah I think I mean I think that with any scripture um, you can take it and run it into a ditch somewhere I mean Satan himself quoted scripture yeah yeah you take the truth and you twist it and try to mm. go too far with it I mean there's there's on another uh, podcast I uploaded um, I actually did it a while back it was it's probably the least spiritual one I think I've done but it was me it was there at Thanksgiving me and uh, my two cousins John and James and Natalie just sat down mm-hmm. and tried to just do a discussion it was mostly kind of about like hot topics that were going on around that time but I brought up a verse in that one where I was like I could take this verse and make an argument for abortion like right. pro-abortion from the Bible Yeah. if I just wanted to pull out a random verse and you know mm-hmm. and twist it or something See, I think it's like you said, uh, taking that verse and then making a elitism or Lone Ranger mentality yeah, yeah. is not the, the whole, proper context. But. The whole thing is like the issue to me. The whole thing is the issue is the heart. You know, mm. it's um, yeah. It's it's like is the heart yearning for His truth and for what God says, or are we wanting to use the word to support our point? That's the whole difference. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the issue yeah. of the heart. It's, is it to bring him glory? And what does he say about it? And no, it doesn't matter what I think. Or is it simply, am I am I trying to use it to support my point? And that's why it's being so twisted and so, you know, perverted and so mm-hmm. corrupted. And how the enemy is able to do all that he tries to do yeah because it is an issue of the heart and it's the same it's the same thing 
it all goes it all goes back to the heart it really all does like oh yeah it, it really does because Jesus even said he's like you you you're saying the right stuff <laughs> like you're even you're you're honoring me with your mouth but your heart is far from me so he's like you're, yeah you're you're doing all this great stuff and you're, you're worshiping me and you're preaching you're that's part of my um my story you know I I played the game I could I could preach I could evangelize like all that and yet I was being used by the enemy because I wasn't walking it yeah and wow. so like you know we can use this for what we want it to be yeah but well, Paul wasn't awakened to it that's that's he was doing the best within his window of understanding but it's the Holy Spirit that was teaching him you mm-hmm. know like during those three years before he started mm-hmm. I, and I just I think that's so beautiful because me personally I think that's so beautiful because he had been taught and trained under Gamaliel like this top dog and the Pharisee you know group like these teachers and professors and all this and yet when he got radically born again he got knocked off the horse God sent him away from everybody and he totally like scrambled everything and taught him from scratch like a baby Yeah. and then he went out and then he went to the um, the apostles and, and came under their under their covering and and then you know he was uh, under the. Um, then then he became like part of the body of Christ as far as you know the gifts and the talents and abilities and blah 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 everything that the body is supposed to be. But the point was, it started with just the simplicity of the word, just the simplicity of God teaching him. Yeah. From his heart, like just a straight download, you know, because yeah. sometimes it can get it can get when when man gets involved like yes we have gifts but not everybody is being obedient to live in those gifts and to keep a pure walk because they can have those gifts but it's just like okay let's say a tv evangelist it's not negating their anointing but holy crumbs like they're sleeping with another you you know what i'm saying like it's god's gracious and many times like because he can use a donkey and he did with me. I wasn't living for him at all. And he can he can use anything to reach because he's God. So he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But it's just like that's what he says. You know, trust no man. Like trust no man. See, there's there's a you're you're not radically flawed. But if you say trust no man and take it too far. Too far, um, uh, yeah. I, that's. Uh, I'm not talking about balance. I'm talking about removing the leaven from the lump. There's a. Okay, like okay. So I, I agree that okay. Paul says. If um, if they're walking, right? I, I, I agree with both sides. Like I see what you're coming at, and I see where she's coming from. Is that in um, uh, this where. You, you take everything back to God's heart and his word where you do trust man and you value man and you value teachers and everything but kind of like the Bereans or something like um, I don't I don't want everything. any man's opinion like I, I yeah. don't want I don't want to know your opinion I don't want to know Erica's opinion because I don't want to know my own opinion right. so like in that sense like I don't even want my own opinion so I I want to know 
the the truth of God from your mouth. Like you're gonna teach, and I, I trust you in that sense, and I value in that sense the the knowledge that God has put inside you. Where I don't want your own personal your your own personal take on the matter to where. So I get what she's kind of saying in that aspect. But then I, I also completely agree with you where you've seen the corrupt other side of it where people have gone into elitism and they're just thinking, oh, I'm better than this person. I don't need anybody No, she's else. seen that. She's seen that. And that's no, where I think it's reflected. Babe, you were talking about the elitism. That That's your, your um, concern is the red flag of this lone ranger producing this this elitism mentality. Yeah. Well, well, the, uh, the long thing. I mean, how do how do we come to the to, to, to the fullness of Christ? You know, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastors yeah. bring bring us into a place of perfection. You do not get there alone. And don't yes. forsake don't don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I completely agree Absolutely. with that. I think I think where she's um, there's two, and I was just about to bring this up before you. And I think this is a point you're kind of bringing up too. Is that um, with the whole Lone Ranger aspect, sure you don't go down that route. Like a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Mm-hmm. That's what the scripture says. So you don't do that in a sense. But then at the same time, you don't throw out intimacy with the Lord. Right. And that sometimes there are seasons where he will separate you from yes. everybody and put you in your prayer closet. You yeah. know? And yes. so then that's, that's not a bad seasons. thing. He's not saying lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of what Paul went through is what she's mm-hmm. saying is there was a season where I mean he was under the training of all these Pharisees and everything and then when God knocked him off his horse he was like whoa I have to go go Start he basically did he went he went into the wilderness like yeah. he went he went into the desert he was like whoa I gotta go into the wilderness and Hosea God says I will allure you and draw you into the wilderness like it's this place of intimacy with God yeah. where you go and you are humble, completely humble. I mean, you hunger in the wilderness. You fast. You pray. Like you, that's where you seek God. And so it's not like you're throwing aside the church or the assembly or anything. It's just like almost like yeah, it's a season of like I'm. I gotta go get real intimate with God right now mm. and um, get real humble. Yeah, real humble. Like that's not. That's the heart of it. Is like not an elitism, mm-hmm. not a pride or arrogance thing. Right. A really humbling aspect, and there is a humbling in that where it's really appalled. It's like, well, everything I knew, totally contrary to the heart of God right now. Yeah. I got to rethink my whole life, my whole, I need my a, whole mentality is kind of going on the altar right now. Reset. Yeah, renewing in the mind. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You don't throw out intimacy with God, and you don't throw out. Uh, the assembly of the church, either. So there is a, a balance, I guess, right, right, between we, both of them. Yeah, I mean, um, issues of the heart. Like, okay, so Paul says, for I'm jealous over you with a, a godly jealousy. You know, he says, I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled you through his subtility, yeah. so your hearts would be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Right? And yeah. so, for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom you have not preached, or if he receives another spirit, you know. And so, what he's talking about here is that there's a stealing of the simplicity of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Paul goes on uh, referring to that as false apostles. Yeah, yeah. So, there are false apostles oh, yeah. who steal the simplicity of Christ. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that true apostles steal the simplicity of Christ. It means false apostles right. still yeah. the simplicity of Christ so true apostles still have value 
that Christians need. Yeah. And so for oh, the yeah, per- yeah. perfecting of the body of Christ, for the edification, yeah. uh, you know, we need pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers. And it's like... Yeah, it's very important to come... To, to come back and to, to stay yeah yeah you need the family need you need to be held accountable yeah. like even yeah. in those times of intimacy like like I mean like like we just talked I about earlier like I like mm-hmm. I'm glad like I don't know if it was great the best thing to say on a podcast like I said, but I'm glad like to be able to come before both of you and say oh hey here's been my reading in the scripture I'm starting to see the rapture as mm-hmm. worldwide martyrdom I'm like yeah. I want you guys to literally correct me if right. I need to get that straight in my life and and so like even because if I just kept myself isolated yeah. forever I could just form any doctrine I want at all times like mm-hmm. you have to come together as a church and come into agreement and unity and and value one another yeah. that's so important and yeah it's, you can't get anything without humility either. You have to constantly remain humble, and that it all comes back to that. Like I, I see my being poor in spirit, even in that sense. Like I see my need for the body of Christ so, so much. There's an inherent bias that the Lord gives every one of us. We are all inherently biased, you know. If you if you put a teacher in place as the lone ranger leader of the body, then he's going to turn the church into a Bible college. Yeah. You know, if you put an evangelist in place as the lone ranger leader of the body, <laughs> like he's going to he's going to turn the church into this big outreach project. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, if you turn a prophet into the lone ranger leader of the body, he's going to turn church into a prayer room. You know what I mean? If you turn the you know what's that apostle, whatever. I mean, it, everybody has this inherent bias. Yeah. Actually, except the apostle, he's that's different. But uh, so the other four are like the four, you know, going four different directions, like north, south, east, west kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. But there's a balancing of those inherent biases. Yeah. Like when when you look at me and Pete together, yeah. Pete's our friend. It's a clear example of an evangelist. You know, Pete wants to go out and evangelize and keep the gospel on a certain level. Well, I want to go out and teach, and there's there's a you know what I mean, like yeah, and that's a. One of the books might be like the, the boardroom and the battlefield. It's it's celebrating the differences of, hey, some people are called to the boardroom and some people are called to the battlefield. And some people are gifted for the boardroom and some people are gifted for the battlefield. And yeah. there's a time for the boardroom when the battlefield people need to just kind of sit down and shut up. But then there's a time for the battlefield where the boardroom people need to get out of the way and, and let the, you know, let the war be fought or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I love that you bring this up, and I love because you've mentioned that before, and meant about how we haven't necessarily seen that in a church, like each one of those fivefold the fivefold right. ministry. You haven't seen a church with each where it has a person mm-hmm. for each of those apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist. What's the other one? I don't yeah, know. yeah. Like you haven't seen mm-hmm. all of those within a church, and man, I would love to see that so yeah. much. Because you do see, like, exactly what you're talking about. You see, when it's just a bunch of teachers. Right. And then they, yeah, they turn it into a Bible college or something mm-hmm. or a school. And it's all, it's, yeah, there's a swing to totally one side. It's not balanced. Yeah, you see, and you see them finding a the comfort in flocking with, you know, birds of a feather or whatever. But yeah. Then you have an entire, like, Southern Baptist style church where, like, it's all, like, 
if, if you don't have your, your master of divinity, you shouldn't even be preaching from the pulpit, right? But then you go across town and you'll find an urban church full of evangelism on a certain style where the whole time you're preaching, someone is playing an organ in the background and people are yelling responsive things as you're preaching. And if you don't sweat and if you don't like highlight every word with a ridiculous amount of emotion, yeah. then you're, you're not as spiritual as the other guy, yeah. right? And it's like, well, hey, you know, we're not all T.D. Jakes, you know. T.D. Yeah. Jakes is an authentic and T.L. Lowry is an authentic, but we've seen hundreds of imitators of T.D. Jakes and hundreds of imitators of, of T.L. Lowry and stuff. And there's... Um, there's a lot of really deeply rooted false ideology that comes into that, and but the Lone Ranger men- mentality is part of that false ideology. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm I'm up against is I I'm just seeing things really deeply about the the need because yeah you know um we need the body yeah I don't think anybody's negating that no well, but you you have no need that anybody teach you except for the, the Holy Spirit teach you. Uh, you know that's 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 one of those Holy Spirit can use people but see that's where that's that's where I love um, the fact that we're not on our own to, to figure out like who is legit and who's not because he's the spirit of truth and he can't lie so you know um, like for instance this group is absolutely convinced of bu- 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 bu. so you go to Holy Spirit and be like Holy Spirit you know, what is the truth in this scenario? Mm-hmm. So we're not trying to figure it out for ourselves. And like Paul even said, he said, test everything. Like, so it's not a matter of being a lone ranger. It's not, it's a matter of um, testing and trying. Like, yes, we learn from one another, but there are those that have abused that and they use it to, you know, um, or maybe, maybe they might not even necessarily purpose to abuse it but because their lifestyle is not um it's it doesn't match up and when the lifestyle doesn't match up it's like it doesn't really matter the words that are coming like again god can use a donkey he can make anyone um speak his words but when i personally listen to somebody it's because their walk radiates with who he is like i see the devotion i see the um the the faithfulness the the quiet time you know like the fruits of the spirit being poured out like so of course yes i'm going to gravitate and speaking for me personally i'm going to gravitate for somebody that is flowing with the fruits because it's it's you know it's reflecting who he is and so it's like yes because he's speaking through them you know they're a conduit Versus they're speaking what they think or what they've been taught or what they feel. Like, mind, will, and emotions have to, be, have to be totally out of the picture. It has to be, like Peter said, it has to be the Spirit of God. And if you don't know for sure, ask Spirit of Truth. That's, that's what he's there that, that's to still, test it. That's still, okay, so Spirit of God, Spirit of Truth. The Spirit divides to every man as he wills. To one he gives word of wisdom to one who gives word of knowledge to one who gives but some people aren't walking um in obedience and so so that can be convoluted that can be that can be messed up right but some people are walking in complete obedience and only walking in one or two of those not all of them what do you mean to one person in the body of christ 
is giving word of wisdom, to one is giving word of knowledge, to one is giving, right, to each man subtly as he will, right, for they're all different parts, not one but many. Yeah. If I were to ask you to make a list of the most well-respected churches that you can think of, top five, don't, don't name it out loud, top five, if I were to make a list of my top five churches, top five people, and we, I guarantee you on our list, top three would be a church that I'm, I'm about to reference, okay? So this church had some of the most spiritually mature, clearest example of home, of humility, walking in the spirit. Yeah. And uh, some somebody came into this church and said that they were going to buy this church building and do this big thing. And there was a little woman, little quiet, little Anna woman that had the gift of discernment to discern that, some, that something was off about this guy. Yeah, yeah. And so the discernment came to her. It didn't come to the leader. It didn't come to the pastor. It didn't come to the board member. But I bet you she was walking with yeah, the spirit you, of Anna. you guys so aren't you in do. disagreement. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. I, but there's, a, there's a clarity that's needed. Is that the other people were blind to it because you need the right tool for the job. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, the Holy Spirit was doing the job of discernment to discern that something's off about this guy. Yeah, yeah. And the leader who lives the life, walks the walk, has gifts, didn't... Was have blindsided. He was blind to it, mm-hmm. right? And there's, and there's... So, but this one part of the body wasn't, right? But because of the, the pyramid type of structure or whatever, it wasn't listened to. And that, because of that, drastic demise happened yeah you know because you know what I mean and so sometimes the right tool for the job you guys aren't in disagreement at all I think you're just thinking not a different um, it seems like you're on a different different page or something Separating the corporate from the individual is very important in interpreting scripture and people aren't able to create that dichotomy and they just kind of yeah, yeah. I, mean? I, I see your your kickback and when you quote that verse like hey, you have no need anybody teach you for the mm-hmm. spirit teaches you yeah, like I can see how that could easily get twisted and you could go into it so I see like your your like push against it but I don't think you guys are in any disagreement at all because I think what she's saying is like even when you so you have that basically chew on what you're fed before mm-hmm. you swallow it is kind of what she's saying like, you value everybody, you value everybody's teaching, but at the same time, like, you can't just swallow everything down. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it, even in that story you just told, if if everybody looked at this guy, who this random guy who comes in, and they're like, oh, well, well, let's value the body of this guy. Everything he's saying is true. He's a teacher. Like, let's just eat it up. And that's what everybody in the church did, basically, except for this one girl, this one lady mm-hmm. that God was trying to use to bring correction, and they didn't listen to her. But it's like if everybody would have had the discernment that she did mm-hmm. to, like, hey, this guy's coming in, let's give him a listen, let's hear what he's got to say, but still test the spirits is what mm-hmm. she's saying. Like, let's still chew on what he's saying, let Holy Spirit digest it for us. Like, let's still, so, like. So, what was the. When Jesus. There's one part that I remember where Jesus gave his resume in the Bible. Yeah. I've shared this with you before. Like what Jesus said, come and learn of me. Fine. But he didn't say, come and learn of me for I'm the son of God. Come, come learn of me for I know the Bible better than anybody. Right. Gentle and humble. Yeah. Yeah. From meek and, and, and lowly of heart. And so when that meekness has to be present and that, the, 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 that lowliness yeah. in order 
for the body to, to be, be functioning. Yeah. Even to the point that stronger parts of the body are more humble than the, than weaker parts. But Paul also says that, like, there's this continual imagery of adoption that I think the American church is missing. But true... It's like somebody gets born again, and then they're adopted into a family. You know, Paul says you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. You know, but we're supposed to be meek, humble fathers. Uh, in that same part, First Corinthians twelve, you know, the parts of the body which deserve more honor, we give less honor, and the parts yeah. which see the father gets less honor in the body, but the newborn baby gets more honor because when the newborn baby deserves the least honor and the father deserves the most and so, but that's so the whole body can be knit together as one that's all all it's all in there but they yeah. um, just this idea of like salvation is supposed to be adoption that we get somebody saved and then we adopt them into a family and then they're part of a family and then they have that family has a father and mother and it has a structure and that within that 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 structure is everything that newborn baby needs to grow into what it's supposed to be and we're not seeing that that's puzzle theory but there's still a submission there there's still an, an authority structure there there's still an, an, an accountability there oh, you know what I mean um, our, 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 our rebellion is as witchcraft and there's so the pyramid is a continual survival of the fittest rebellion type of concept because every point of authority is rebelling you know like if you want to bear less weight then rebel against the people above you and then you don't have to have as much weight on top of you but the family is inheritance you know like you, you would never throw away the inheritance that comes from your parents because you know you you know what I'm saying and so everything we have as Christians was given to us through inheritance yeah so we can sit here and think that we're more passionate for Jesus than other people or that we're more this or that. But truth be told, the only reason we walk in the revelation we walk in yeah. is because we inherited that from another Christian yeah, yeah. who laid down their life to give that for us. And, you know, Christians have laid down, uh, you know, and there's, there's, there's inheritance to be received through a, through a family yeah, yeah. but there's a oppression that comes from a king uh, you know and that, yeah. so the issue of the heart is to to give that inheritance you know and and we see so so little of that like Paul says we see so little of that yeah 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 I said a, fa a, f a father leaves an inheritance to his children's children um, yeah yeah, you know, the guy, you know, we, we have the word of faith background. The guy's knocking at the door over and over again, you know, just demanding, fighting for it so he can give bread to give to the complete stranger that showed up at his door or whatever, you know, yeah, you know yeah. the guest from far away. And it's like, I had this vision once where I saw a field of wheat, and then I saw uh, the founder of the Bible college I went to going through the field of wheat with like a, a machete mm. and stuff and he was blazing a trail and he spent his whole life blazing this trail and the trail was to get to Jesus so I could start like 20 feet to parallel from where he started and blaze through the trail all by myself 
and try to get to Jesus. And if I try a little bit harder than he did, maybe I'll get a little bit farther before I die. Mm -hmm. But instead, what I can do is I can go behind him and I can run down the trail that he ran down and receive all that inheritance. And what it took him 30 years to learn, I I can learn in five. And then I can pick up where he left off. It's very convicting to me for what I said earlier about like only reading my Bible, (laughs) not reading many other books. But but but, I, you're, but, but no but that's no. The, uh, the, the, that's very pure and that's necessary. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way because the Bible is is the dictionary of God yeah, yeah. speaking to us. But yeah. what you're doing, I mean, we have there's a book right here that came from you, and this yeah. this book is part of your your inheritance that that, yeah. that is given other people. You know. Yeah, and I mean, I have read other books, and I think the books that are most easy for me to read are the ones with short chapters or like or not <laughs> where it's like almost a daily devotional is set out that way or something where I can read a couple pages in one day and then not not have to read a long lengthy chapter or something I have read other Christian books by other authors to receive some of that inheritance yeah. but I probably should do more of that in a sense like I still haven't even read a C.S. Lewis book yet mm-hmm. I'd love to do that actually at some point but um <laughs> well so we like, you know we as teachers whatever we we want to give our inheritance and we automatically think of a book. Yeah. But there, you know, there's the model, the message, the medium. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the, we're going in the prayer room and we're charging up to fill ourselves with a certain, you know, something so that we can pour out in a sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And furthermore... Um, there's, there's, it's a conduit too. We talked about the conduit currencies. Like you're trying to make the conduit. We're, we're also trying to grow in humility so that we can be a larger conduit yeah, for yeah. God to, to, to flow through. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, but the. Um, I, I, I guess that's it. Is is we're stewarding what's 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 been given us, mm-hmm. and then we're trying to give inheritance. Yeah. So much more. Okay, so. Isn't Jesus it? Solomon was the wisest man, the wisest and wealthiest man to walk the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, his lineage runs through Solomon both both ways. Yeah. But yeah, they don't call Jesus the son of Solomon, they call Jesus the son of son David. Of David yeah. See, because David had so little he was given, but he multiplied it into something great. And Solomon was given a lot. But he he didn't really do as much with it. So even though there was a multiplying there, you know, it's like your the measure of who you are and your greatness is like your ability to multiply, not your end result. I, I don't know. I say everything through a math equation, right? But there are people who are given like like we walk in deeper wisdom of of the Bible, Revelation, truth than than Martin Luther did, mm-hmm. right? But Martin Luther still is a very impressive man because he was given so little by the Catholic Church and by the oppression of the Dark Ages. But yet, even in the little bit he was given, he multiplied it. Yeah. And so God's measuring stick is your ability to multiply, not the end result. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, like Joel Osteen may have a great amount of influence, but he inherited a lot from his dad. So... Back to that martyr we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, his end result might have been not even getting one person converted, Mm -hmm. but that multiplied through just the shedding of his blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so our ability to to multiply what we're given and give it to somebody else... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know? I do want to say one thing though too about like I think there's 
this, this <laughs> listening to both of you guys, it's almost like there's a, like you, it seems like you're both pushing the opposite way, but I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do think that, because I think that keeps, like I like disagreements with me sometimes just because I feel like it keeps me from going in the ditch one way or the other. And I don't think you guys are in any disagreement at all. Uh, it's just like, there's a different emphasis I think that's mm-hmm. coming from both of you right now. And so I think that's what, um, but I think that's really good. And I think that's, I think that's a really good thing. And that's all I was going to say is that, um, like you everything that you're sharing right now mm-hmm. and everything you shared and even this, this diagram you showed here and everything with all the revelations you have, have come from intimacy Mm-hmm. in a personal relationship yeah, with God. That's true. That's and that's true. what she's emphasizing mm-hmm. basically and like you did so I mean some of it might have come like through inheritance also mm-hmm. but some still comes from intimacy so yeah. it's like you have the, the you're emphasizing kind of the how we need, really really need to value gleaning from others and coming together and connecting as a puzzle piece and mm-hmm. and everything and there but they still can't throw out the emphasis of the personal intimate relationship with god at the same you know on the other side and um and, and having discernment too because you can't just especially when it comes to the whole pyramid thing you can't that's where i feel like every individual and every believer probably needs to come together in a sense too but still have discernment too where you you listen to the guy on stage or the preacher or something, mm-hmm. and then you just don't eat up everything. You yeah. know, still come together as a group, as a community, but mm-hmm. yeah, you don't. You, you take everything back to the Word of God and what's truth and everything, and chew on what He says. And I mean, there's so many, especially when it comes to end time stuff, like we were talking about earlier. Like you kind of are. It seems like every every single sermon I've ever heard on end time stuff, it's like. You're just spitting out a bunch of bones, basically, and getting a tiny bit of meat. It seems yeah. like because it's so. It's kind of that aspect too. I think was kind of what you were saying earlier is where you're still you're not necessarily rejecting things people have to say. And instead, you're using discernment of like, mm-hmm. okay, Holy Spirit, we're listening to this teaching. Like, let's. I don't know. There's, yeah. Well, there's a lot yeah. of people that are that are hyperextended. Mm-hmm. So it's really sad. Like. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, you know how you know how musicians will release an album and like their best album is their first one, but the the label demands like five more like demands a new yeah, yeah, a new yeah. album every year. Yeah. And, and the lyrics just get worse and worse. And worse. worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, you see yeah, yeah. But like well maybe there wasn't that much um man. There's, yeah. There's something really deep I've seen. The No, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, 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 no. The the inheritance of like. Oh yeah. So the mediums. So our inheritance we lay it for other people isn't just through the medium of books. You know, like Paul talks about and transferring through the medium of laying on of hands. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, there are people that pray, fast, 
seek God, pour themselves out in the prayer room, charge up, charge up, charge up, charge up. And then they have this like electricity almost within them. And then through the laying on of hands, they, they, they see miracles or they see impartation or whatever. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of different ways that there's different mediums. Yeah. yeah. By which, you know, actually um, learning through a lecture isn't at, is proven to not be as effective as learning through experience. You know, and so sometimes taking somebody under your wing, you know, evangelists going out two by two and, you know, the young, ambitious one is learning from the old, you know, they used to chain, used to tie like the young ox to the old ox kind yeah, of thing, yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And being learning and, 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 and growing in that inheritance through experience, uh, through the laying on of hands, through, through prayers, through, so, yeah. Honestly, uh, I walk in a, a gift called the, the Anointing of the Sons of Issachar. And it's understanding times and all these different things have come up with time that are just overwhelming and so far beyond me. Well, I spent a lot of years praying with, 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 with my mentor and he, he, he had people, complete strangers all over the place, tell him and confirm that he's, God's given him the anointing of, 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 of the sons of Issachar. Uh, you know, I mean, Elisha, you know picks up the mantle of Elijah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff, and he walks in, in a double portion yeah, yeah. and stuff. Like, the magnitude of the inheritance that we can give to our spiritual children. Yeah. See, the true heart of a father is he wants his kids to be way better than he ever was. Yeah. Damn, right? Yeah, that's and, true, yeah. And so, our, what is your purpose on the earth? It's inheritance. It's laying up inheritance for others, but... The more you receive, the more you multiply, the more you can give, you know. I yeah. can start from scratch or I can receive this inheritance that someone has worked so hard to give me. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, freely you receive, free, freely give. Mm, and, you know, yeah. that, that's another thing that contradicts to the pyramid. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so so many things tie back to this pyramid. And I'm seeing it so much as the book is coming to fruition right now that I'm, I'm almost viewing many things through the pyramid lens because... Yeah, I see so much bad fruit coming from this philosophy everywhere. So I'm probably projecting that upon the the, the point you're making. I, I, I realize that, but the, I, I see what I'm saying like you're right. A lot of the revelations I have they came from my intimate time with the Lord, but they also came from yeah. an inherited anointing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, from somebody who paid the price to get me there. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, other believers you spent time around. I mean, mm-hmm. received a revelation from that too. Otherwise, I mean, I don't think I'd be doing this with you guys. Man. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, the purpose of well, I mean, recording this and putting posting and stuff is to is to help other people. Like ultimately, you know, it's like because, like you said, when we pray, we don't know who's going to be hearing or listening on the other end, and hopefully, yeah. it helps somebody, and they can receive from that through that inheritance and go on to further things. And yeah, man, I've Make seen. Them hungry. I, I've yeah, seen, I've seen hungry people, like deeply hungry people. In r- r- religious structures that were trying so hard and seeking so deeply, and it's like they're trying to suck water out of a rock or something. Like they're just getting just a little. It's like when you're. It's like when you're at like a really thick milkshake and you're dying of thirst and you're just trying to quench your thirst by sucking really hard just to get a little bit of ice cream through the straw. Yeah. And just then you're trying to quench spoon. it. And you're just trying to quench your thirst with this little bit of thing when, we, when we've been given like the thicker smoothie straw and water that we can just drink yeah. and um it's almost like i wonder what if that hungry person what if the person with that level of tenacity to grow was given the same inheritance as me and i'm almost embarrassed 
Yeah. One was like, oh my gosh, look at this religious person that, like, you know, became fluent in Greek. You know, I, I know a guy that was in, in Germany and he didn't even speak English. And he learned English just so he could understand teaching tapes and stuff like that. He learned English from playing teaching oh, tapes. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. And, uh, and I, wow. And I so see, hungry. I've been given so much in spiritual inheritance that I'm walking at a higher level of spiritual maturity than a lot of other people. But I look at some of these other people and they're trying harder than I am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm almost, I'm, 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 I'm deeply convicted by that when I think about it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there are people going to like a Catholic uh, a seminary to be a priest and they want more of God, but they're just, you know, trying to, you see what I'm saying? Trying to suck water. There's people yeah. reading like Baptist commentaries all the way through or becoming fluent in Greek just so they can understand just a few more drops out of the Bible. When if they had the Holy Spirit, he would teach them all things and they wouldn't have to be fluent in Greek to understand it. And they're they're trying harder than we are. Yeah. I mean if we're really honest about it. And mm-hmm. and so I'm 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 deeply convicted by all the in, in, inheritance when you really understand the message of inheritance, it brings sobriety. Yeah, because there's a stewardship that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? And, and so stewarding what we've had to multiply it mm-hmm. and stuff. The same thing word for word was said to the, the parable of two towns as the parable of five. Oh, well done, now good and faithful servant. You're faithful with a little, and so you'll be in much. The guy turned the two into four and the five into ten. So the measure of them was exactly the same. The reward was exactly the same because one doubled and one... It's about the multiplication. See, David multiplied on a greater scale than Solomon did, even though Solomon had a higher, higher wisdom than David. Oh, you realize that Solomon was wiser than David? Yeah. You see that? Mm -hmm. Solomon was wiser than David, but yet Jesus wasn't called son. Solomon was called son. It's the issue of the heart. Well, it, it's makes the perfect sense. It's the like that would be the lineage of Christ. Well, the thing I'm saying is the multiplication you, of, you, of what you, he was given. Yeah, I love you. you. You're looking at it from the the mathematical. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, every every everything I do is through a mathematical lens. But yeah. it's which the multiplication, you know, which is weird to listen to that men's group podcast. You said how you struggled with math and that. I didn't realize that until I was listening to that, and yeah. I was like. Of all the people, they struggle in math, and now listen, really? like yeah, I I deeply struggled in, with math in yeah. sixth really? grade, and then when I got a hold, <laughs> like, when I got a hold of algebra, something clicked, yeah. and I was like, Phew. man, look what God can do, yeah, yes, man. just like you, buddy, yeah. with the word, yeah. you didn't like reading, and you were kind of like lapa dapa in yeah. school. It was no big deal. And yet when God, because it's God breathed. Yeah. You know, yeah, it and is. it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's what he created you for, Michael. So it's like, you know, what he created us for, mm-hmm. like you talk all the time, your gifts will make room for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's like he he's preparing the way because that's what he made us to do. Ultimately, to bring him the glory. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, again, it's all about the heart. It's all about yeah. bringing him the glory. Yeah. And what is. we're doing with what he's given us. This verse came to mind when you guys, uh, when you mentioned stewardship about, and uh, the sobriety that comes with, mm. like, thinking of that. Yeah. I don't know, it just popped in my head. It's Second uh, John uh, verse 8, and it says, Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but yes. that we may receive a full reward. 
that kind of reminds me also yeah I don't know everything that everybody's worked for throughout all this time like yeah let's not lose that that kind of reminds me of that verse where um Paul talks about um if after I've done all of this that I would discredit myself by you know being out of the race something to that effect you know which verse yeah um I I think so you know what I'm saying about me I can't. I can't. Oh, run the if you if you sort like uh, yeah yeah. Okay. I, I can find for you. Please disqualify Cheat. myself. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think what it is. Um, I feel like. Know you not that they were trying to? Oh wait. No, it's not that part. I don't I think. think. It, is it Ephesians? Maybe. Um. Yeah, let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. I want to say it's 2 Corinthians for some reason. I'm thinking it's... Maybe uh, it is. Oh, oh, let us lay aside every weight and sin with those do it easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. But there's a specific verse where he's saying, if after I've done all this, um, I could be discredited. I could be like disqualified. All, all of this being done for nothing. You know, basically... Like keeping him humble. Um. Oh, you remember with Caleb when he was like eighty years old? Yeah, yeah. And like it was like who 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 whoever gets there first is gonna like and Caleb like got the uh, never mind. <laughs> what? What? Whoever gets there first. Let's find the first first. Don't forget the Caleb thing. Yeah, sorry, Pope. No, I'm trying to think of what we But you know what I'm talking about? You know that verse? I was just reading that. Is that in the context of, like, he, he'll disqualify himself by basically he'll start living in sin or something? Maybe it's Galatians. I don't know where it is. Babe? I don't know. First yeah. Corinthians 9, 22. Is that it? See if that might help you. Okay. Keep my body oh wait, yeah, that is. Yes, that's it, babe. Yeah, you got it. It's actually twenty-seven, but that yes, that gets yeah. the context. So, so I should um, become disqualified. <laughs> verse twenty-three. So First Corinthians nine, verse twenty-three. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker thereof with you. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. So run so that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Because again, he's talking about like defeating the flesh. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but, verse 27, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection so it's free will, lest by any means when I have preached to everyone else, I myself should be a castaway. So he's saying, you know, if if I don't, if, if I'm like, and, and then that's, that's personally where I'm like very careful who I hear things from because... It's so easy to like you've run the race and you've done well, but it's easy to get in comfortable mode. You know, like um yeah. for instance, that's when David fell. He wasn't in battle and he was supposed to be in battle. 
He was at home, but staying he's, comfy. He's saying though that, how, in a sense, how how much of a shame would it be for you to work and prepare a big bowl of, of soup and then feed soup and hand the soup out to 20 people and then they all go and eat and then you starve because you don't have any, right? How much of a shame would it be for me to preach to others and then I myself be, become a castaway? It doesn't negate the value in what he's preached to others. Others were still eating of the goodness. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Does but he sense? got sloppy. I mean, it, well, that's what it looks like to me. He got sloppy. I mean, he, if he was to get sloppy, that he would... But it doesn't change that, the value he, of, of his preaching. He wasn't even talking about his preaching. No. He says, when I have preached less by any means, if I don't keep my body in subjection, less by any means, when I have preached to others, I should myself be. So it's more like a warning to him. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so that's what his verse is saying. It's like, you know, don't... Um, because actually, if you look further, starting in chapter 10, it actually brings the context into picture. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate from the spiritual, same spiritual meat. They all drank from the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. Verse 5, chapter 10, verse 5. But with them, many with many of them, God was not well pleased. They were overthrown in the wilderness, and that like that's sobering. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, as some of them were, like loving anything or anyone more than Him. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and they rose up to play neither let us commit fornication as some of them commit like he's just so boom 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 he even talks about murmuring for goodness sake like we just think like like, that's no big deal they were overthrown in the wilderness so this is very very clear to me like that keeps to me it should keep us humble all the the way to the end to the finish line the disqualified part in in this context Reminds me of of Ecclesiastes ten one is what it reminds me of um, the, the the a little folly like the perfumer's ointment it you know just, uh, so are you changing point though of like because you were originally saying that this was because this is why you you wouldn't receive from somebody who's living a messed up life even though they preach a good gospel I. Maybe I came out that way, but that's that wasn't my intention for this verse. It was just like it because like people can preach a good gospel and not be saved themselves, but the gospel's still good. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what like Paul was saying. I mean, I, 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 that's kind of what he was saying here. So it doesn't negate the. I mean, I'm just trying to understand the point you're making. Maybe, maybe I don't understand the point. <laughs> <laughs> I just and I don't even know where. What what exactly we were talking about when that verse? Yeah, you made you made that comment, but I don't even think that comment was relative to the point you were making because you said that you said you made that comment of like that's why I'm very very careful with what I who I received from who I received from or something. Yeah, which it's okay to be careful with who you're receiving from, but that's that's not the verse to to go with that. But then yeah, but then you said but then after that you said I I'm. Like basically something about not getting stuck in complacency or something almost, or 
I, I, oh. I don't know. Uh, like, that's what I mean. I wasn't sure the point you were making either, but I don't know. Good. Yeah. In that. I mean, I mean, in that, like, like you're saying, with that, with that, with as in receiving from people. I'm but, not sure why that scripture. Why I thought of that scripture, like in. I think with, it's what he was saying. I'm, well, I you made mention earlier about how like you used to. That's why I me. Mean, I don't know your testimony. I would like to get that at some point. Um, but that you you preached, but you weren't living the life. And that's kind of what that's talking about in a sense, I think. So maybe that's why that's really strong. In fact, that's a, that would be a great verse to use. As you show your, your your testimony about how like this is very real to me because I I was like this. I was actually able to s- preach, but not you know, but myself not not really. I, I become disqualified God, because I'm not living the life I'm preaching. Yeah, that's that's, kinda, that's a powerful that, testimony. Yeah, that's why that's in that context it reminded me of this verse in Ecclesiastes where it says dead flies putrefy. The perfumer's ointment. I'm thinking King James it says it no, differently. No, so it's like corrupting the beautiful yeah, thing and cause it to give off a foul odor. Mm-hmm. And then it says, "So does a little folly to one respected of wisdom and honor." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like Paul's saying, I'll be disqualified if I dabble in a little bit of folly when I'm preaching mm-hmm. this gospel that I, I need to live by. Those who it kind of puts a different spin on that verse too. Those who preach the gospel should live by the gospel, mm-hmm. like actually live the gospel that you're preaching. But I know that's kind of taking that verse out of context a little bit too. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and the, the same thing. It, it's it's reiterating the same thing in ten twelve. Therefore, <coughs> let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Yeah, it's very sobering. That, I love that verse. That's a great verse to stand against the. Um, Lone Ranger thing. That's a great. Let him that thinks he stands as a Lone Ranger take heed lest he fall. You know, like that's a great anti Lone Ranger verse. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because like we 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 stand together. We're humbled. We're meek and lowly of heart. We're all bringing something different to the table. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you stand by Christ too. That's what. That's he's your root. Yeah. You want to close up? Yeah, we can close up. Yeah, I probably go. We've been talking for it. So yeah, it's probably too. It's, it's probably too long for them to. No, that's all right. It, it'll like, take a really sharp type of clipping to get it. No, to get I just like, a portion of it. Good. I like them long. I because me, I'll like I'll pause it. Well, yeah, I mean, I cut mm-hmm. off and when I hit play again, it goes right back to where I left off. So yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me at all that it's longer. But I probably do need to. And hopefully my dad hasn't been trying to call me while it's been about work while it's been on airplane mode for two hours. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but this will be a good, yeah, good, good place to end it. But I do want to actually get your story at some point too, and cause you just kind of dabbled over your testimony a little bit and everything too. But yeah, it's it's very yeah. very very dark. I don't like talking about. It. Oh well, you don't have to then. I don't think she wants the public either. Right? Oh okay, yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, it's, uh, but whatever. you know, like. I, I love to give God glory, like everywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I possibly yeah. can. You know? No, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, but you don't have to. I just um, like uh, I guess my my reason for that is just um, to I mean, I just like having conversations with you guys. Anyway, anybody that wants to talk about the Bible or God and you know glorify Him, I, I just think love it's your great. Hunger, so. Jason, I love your hunger. And your I love humility. yours too. It's just mm, it just makes me want to hug your heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I can pray, I guess, or is anybody? Or do you want to pray? We both prayed to lead us in. You want to pray us out? No. I'm okay. Okay. Let's just pray in the spirit. Yeah, I'm just. Okay. Anything you want to say? I'm just overwhelmed with a burden. Like the pyramid thing keeps coming up. Yeah. And if I, I feel like if I don't get it properly outlined. While the man is fresh, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not multipliable. Yeah, he's got so much fun. Yeah, I can tell you're really, you're really working so, with it because you're. It's so it's, it's just coming out of everything. But if it's not properly sectioned out, then it's not going to be. Right. Like there's a refining that has to happen. See, like you were able to take your, you know, your notes and and, and refine them into different sections and so like. And there's just a way that if this isn't. Is that part of the pyramid? The puzzle piece? Well, this, 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 it kind of is actually. There's, it gets really complicated, but. Um, and exciting. All the structures of books follow this to the point of an outline that's 10,053. Or 1,053, because it's like 1, 3, 9, 27, 72, you know, like, keep, keep on going from there, like 243, 729. Um, but the. Um, but they're then sectioned into different 40 point sections yeah and this is a 40 point outline okay 1 plus 3 plus 9 plus 27 it actually is 40 yeah and so um, Bob was showing me something about doing books within a 40 point outline like this this is actually a perfect outline because like 40 is the number of perfection and then so the, there's 40 boxes and so um, I believe and all of the books accidentally fell into this model. Okay. Like like the forty four currencies of life. The mm -hmm. um, so the pyramid the puzzle piece is in this model. Yeah, the pyramid the puzzle piece needs so to what, be so what would this be, way. So what would be here? Pyramid like, and puzzle I, I, piece. Yeah, like pyramid and puzzle piece, and then like maybe pyramid puzzle piece, pyramid upside down pyramid puzzle piece, and then uh, I don't know, but like somehow I gotta figure out the outline of it so that yeah. the nuggets. Cause like these all these need to be like five minute recordings or whatever or five minute somethings that are then like you did your video, babe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, we'll pray this yeah. out and like yeah, just we'll end this thing. Oh, oh, and then, oh, are you recording? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's still oh, recorded. Uh, no, that's why. Um, so I'll just pray then end it and then we can like too, baby. do this yeah, that's before. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Father, we just come for you now. We thank you for this um, conversation we got to have. We thank you for everything that was said here. Um, um, thank you for just the fellowship that we got to spend with you, one another and just um, we ask that you just everything that was said that, that uh, you direct the hearers Lord and when they hear to just um, give them your divine wisdom and discernment and um, uh, just let things be received in the right way um, and not corrupted or, or um, perverted at all but just let everything glorify you and um, we just thank you for your truth. And we just want to glorify and magnify you and your son, Jesus. Um, and we just thank you for all things, Lord. We thank you for all things. Um, to you be the glory and the power and blessing and honor forever and ever. Amen.